warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 321. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake, and, and we're, we're the leftovers. The leftovers. That, you were uh, a little pause there between uh, between that, Jake. Not, yeah, yeah. Not I huge. don't know what my deal was. Wait, wait, where were you, you off thinking about something else? It, it, it felt like I was being very inquisitive about whether or not we were leftovers when I finally said it to you. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, are you, and we're the leftovers. Maybe. <laughs> are you having an identity crisis right now, or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like. <laughs> It's like split, man. And one of my other multiple personalities came in. All right. I guess we should tell everyone. Jake's leaving the show. (laughs) (laughs) But his alternate identity is going to join. Yeah. No, Jake is not leaving the show. At least I don't think you're leaving the show. I don't know. No, I hadn't thought about it until now, but it sounds kind of nice. (laughs) I've thought about it many (laughs) times myself. Uh, just a quick reminder, everybody. I haven't, I don't think I've said it on an episode, but we will, uh, not, I said it on Twitter, but not on the podcast. We will not be having a new episode the week of, uh, March 1st. We'll be at C2E2. And I'm not, and no, no, I'm not going to record there. And, and, and no, there's not going to be a bonus episode or surprise or, no. So you'll just have to, Jake, they'll just have to move on with their lives that week, find something else to listen to. Not even a PCL classic? No, I ain't doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to last week's episode. That's your PCL classic. Yeah, I don't know. Just go to the website. Go to the website and you can go back. On the website, every episode's there. Just go to the fucking website. You can go back and listen to an old episode. How about that? Yeah, pick one. Do the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 episode. That's there, a personal favorite of mine. There you go. They're all classics there. Just go there. I don't have to post it again. All I'm doing is wasting fucking our, uh, what do we, we got like megabytes or whatever the fuck I'm using up on Libsyn when I do that shit. 
So it ain't worth it. Just go to the goddamn website. <laughs> Whoa, way too technical for me. I don't know what's going on. Jake, another week here where we are just going to uh, do what we do and dazzle people with our words, sir. Wow. That's what, <laughs> we, what we do. That's what we we dazzle people. We tickle the clit of your mind on this show. <laughs> the old razzle dazzle. The old razzle dazzle. We stimulate. We stimulate your brain labia. <laughs> people, I mean, I co-signed that. People hanging on our every word, Jake. You know that? Hey, you know that part of the brain, the stem part of the brain. Yes, I'm yes. gonna manually jerk that thing off for our listeners this week. I'm wow, gonna, you're so giving. I'm gonna jerk off their brain stem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm just going to be the, the person to look at while brian jerks off your brain stem all right hold on speaking of jerking off i'm going to talk about that here in a moment um <laughs> <laughs> no uh hey we got a uh speaking of jerk offs we got uh steve from the space cowboy podcast no, i'm kidding steve steve welcome dude how's it going glad to be back I, i'm not jerking off don't worry yeah, <laughs> I'm just keeping it contained this time. <laughs> I, we take breaks. You'll be good. Yeah. Oh God, can you imagine that? That's like your first no. instinct when we take a break is to go jerk off somewhere. That's fucked up. That is fucked. Like, up. what did we talk? What did we talk about in Marvel news that was so hot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone got fired from my job one time for uh, being caught jerking off in the dairy cooler. How do you? Uh, why? 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 Why in the dairy cooler? You have the same questions I asked. Like I don't even like. It's cold in there, and I, I don't. I don't know what the thrill is at all. And we, like, what did you see that made you just like? Ooh, you can't even wait. I get it. Milk. You see milk. You think of teats. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I. It just makes me think of Matthew McConaughey in Wall Street. He jerked off a lot. Oh yeah, I got to pump up those numbers. Exactly. Oh, man, I love that. I love that movie. Great fucking movie, dude. It is. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I, question for you. Phil Collins, yeah. Jake, Steve, Phil Collins, yay or nay? Phil Collins. Oh, oh yay. 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 Yay, for sure, yay. Okay, Phil Collins, the, but does he look like a music star? <laughs> he looks like a drummer. He... To me, yeah. Phil, yeah, he looks like a drummer for sure. Phil Collins <laughs> to me looks like like the dad that you had that you'd ask him to drop you off a block away from the mall <laughs> before you then you walk. You don't want to be seen with them, right? He just looks, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dad, don't embarrass. He just looks like that embarrassing dad that's going to drop you off at the mall, and you don't want him to drop you off at the mall right at the door. You got to have him drop you off, you know, halfway down the block so you can walk into the mall and look cool. He just doesn't look – Phil Collins just doesn't look cool. Yeah, and you know him. He still drives by and honks and waves even though he fucking <laughs> oh, walked a mile. I know. Or, yeah, or he, uh, or he's going to go into the mall because he's got to buy a fucking polo or some shit. And then he <laughs> sits in the – oh, my embarrassing story when I was like uh, 13 – me and my friends were walking around the mall and there's these girls, they were in high school, they were like freshmen and I'm trying to, we're trying to flirt cause like we're, 
we're like looking we're, yeah the girls are looking at us and then they like wave us over and so i'm like oh my god we're gonna talk to these girls and we find out they're freshmen we're like oh wow we're I, I told them i was a freshman too of course <laughs> totally lying <laughs> but anyway look over to my right my dad is fucking watching me the entire time as I'm flirting with these girls. It was the most, <laughs> dude. And my dad is cracking up. Just laughing. Did he give you the thumbs up? No, he just is looking at me and laughing. Just laughing hysterically. And my face goes beat red. I'm embarrassed as all shit. And then we got the fuck out of there. I was like, I gotta go. And then later I saw him with some other guys and I was like, you fucked up. Dad, you're a cock blocker. I didn't say that at 13, but I thought it. <laughs> That's a fair, fair thought. <laughs> and the other guys were probably eighth graders too, so you had your shot. Yeah, I know. Fucked up. Maybe just like younger men, maybe, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know, this episode's stupid. I hate it already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> so over it. <laughs> so much for jerking off your brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your brain just went flaccid. Yeah, they're in the refractory period right now. They're just like, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. You know, all the hormones have been released. They don't give a shit. Uh, we got an email. No iTunes reviews, so fuck you. Uh, mm, but, shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we did that's, what, get, that's what I usually jack off to. iTunes reviews? Yeah, so I guess I'm just fucking blue balling it this episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you got nothing. Maybe you can go back. Reminisce and jerk off over some past iTunes reviews. There you go. You can go go back and look in your in your faves. You know, spank bank of the iTunes reviews. Um, got an email here though from Herschel, and he goes on to say, "Hi, I'm Herschel. Stick with me. It's taken a while for me to really open up and share this with you guys, so I thought I might ramble. Uh, let me start by saying this isn't the review you need to read on the show, but mainly just for you and Jake. Uh, if you want to read it on the show, you totally can." I'll leave it up to you. doesn't matter to me as long as you guys get it. I actually tweeted at you today and told you how you have the best podcast. You told me thank you and that you needed it because of all the haters. I want to share something real quick. I got into the show almost two years ago, been listening consistently from week to week. Never miss an episode. I'm 26 years old and I'm from Springfield, Illinois. So when I found out you guys were close, it made it even cooler. Uh, trying not to make this too long here. The main part is that I was diagnosed with stage three gastrointestinal cancer. I was pretty beat up in life. I lost a lot of weight, looked really sick. I was 24, <clears throat> 25, and, I fe- and it felt like I hadn't really experienced life yet. Going through chemo and radiation was miserable. Sitting in, in room uh, with a bunch of IVs and needles every two days, about 45 minutes a session total. It doesn't sound long, but when you're nauseous and weak, it's hell. That's when I found this podcast. This podcast, your podcast, made my chemo and radiation treatments bearable because I'd listen while I was being treated. They got me through. Uh, they got me through them, so I wasn't sitting there in my head 45 minutes straight asking why I'm sick of wondering if I'll even get better. You guys and your witty banter and your humor, sometimes cheesy, sometimes dark, or sometimes dry humor, all great, got me through one of the toughest times in my life. And at times I found myself laughing in the chair while I'm getting treatment. I would space out the episode so it would take all week to finish one. Actually, I actually would be a little excited to get treatment again. That way I could listen more. In a way, you guys helped me find light and laughter in life when it seemed damn near impossible. And I can't thank you enough. 
when I tell people my story and what I went through, I actually bring up how your podcast felt like the turning point in my health, where things started to look up and that I wasn't so sad and depressed, where I found a smile again. And it felt like when you guys reviewed things, it gave me homework. Instead of laying in bed all day at home, unable to walk much and being depressed, now I'd have to watch what you guys reviewed. Sounds silly, I know, but in those moments when you feel like your body is giving up every day, your mind begins to believe you should give up. This podcast gave me a sense of joy and purpose and distraction from what seemed like hell. So when people are negative out there, I can almost promise there are stories like mine where the two of uh, the two of you and your wonderful guests have had that kind of impact on other lives. Fuck the haters. You guys are great. From a man in remission and just one of the many stories of positive impacts you've had without knowing, truly, thank you. Thank you guys for being yourselves and sharing that with me. I can't wait for the next episode. So that comes from Herschel. That's awesome. That's one of the most inspirational emails I think we've ever gotten. Yeah. I guess I'm not going to quit now. It's, it's one of those things. Like, dude, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's like times where it's like, yeah, there's times where I, I feel like, you know, it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And, you know, cause it's not, it's great. I, I love, I, I enjoy doing it, but then there's times where just like somebody just throws shit at me or says something or whatever. And it's just like, why the fuck am I doing this? And then we get an email like this and it's just like, that's the fuel that I need to keep going. Like this is the reason that why we do this. You know, it's like, this guy went through probably one of the worst things he's ever gone through in his entire life, Jake. And, and in a way, we were there with him as he's bat- battling this. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. I can't even imagine, like, if we decided to, like, hang up the hat right in the middle of when he was using us as, like, a lifeline. Mm-hmm. And just how much that, w- that would have, like, <clears throat> hurt him or affected, you know, his getting better and his treatment. Like, so... You know, it's it does. It's very inspirational and yeah. it helps us out a lot because, I mean, sometimes the negative voices can easily be the loudest voice. Yes. Yes. It's like I, I can get like, you know, 50 compliments and then I'll just hang on to like the one negative, you know, one negative comment. That'll be the one yeah. I remember. Exactly. <laughs> and I agree with Herschel. I bet there are other people out there that we've just never heard from that may be in a similar situation that, you know, were the one thing they look forward to. I really like how he, even when he was at home and not at treatment, he would watch the movies and television instead of just, you know, dwelling on his depression or, you know, whether or not he was going to be okay from, yeah. the, from the cancer. I, what a great email. Yeah. Thank you, Herschel. Fucking awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. You have no idea. Like, here I am pissing and moaning about getting a couple bad comments from people. And you're, you know, you're battling cancer, dude. I'm a fucking puss hole, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm a <laughs> puss hole as well. Dude, that's awesome, man. Thank you. I'm glad you're listening, dude. And seriously, I, I that email could not have come at a better time. It really couldn't have. So I really appreciate your story and sharing that with us. So, yeah, awesome, Herschel. Um, what the fuck? I don't know. What? You guys got anything? I mean, you got anything silly? Anything silly to talk about? I don't know. Cheese jacking I, off in a dairy cooler is not enough. <laughs> we aren't there yet, man. It's not. It's that's the tip of the iceberg, Chief. 
I actually had like a sort of a weird experience at work this week. Um, I, I, I edit videos for YouTube for a company that sells wheels, tires and suspension online uh, for like aftermarket applications on cars. And the YouTube end of it is a lot of like informational stuff, but we also do an entertaining side of things. And one of the series that we do is an interview where we sit down. It's basically between two ferns. And Dr. Steve Brule kind of meshed into one, but about car people. So it's like the interview, the, the interviewer sits down with a person who owns a specific car and then picks on them about their car the whole episode. And this week I had to make this episode where the interview, the interviewer was interviewing himself. So he's on screen with himself, you know, answering questions and responding to himself. And it was a really, really like my brain could not handle any more editing after like the three days it took me to put that video together. And the video is doing really, really well. Um, and my company ended up giving me a dollar raise for how good the episode turned out. So that was my week. Let's talk about let's talk about jerking off in that cooler some more. Um, <laughs> speaking oh, of, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, me and Michelle did the uh, fancy hibachi dinner last night for Valentine's Day. You guys oh, ever yeah. experienced the hibachi dinner? Many a time. Uh, Jake, oh, Jake, think about how many dates I've been on in the past. You think I've never done hibachi before? <laughs> <laughs> that shit is pretty ridiculous. A lot of fun, though. Yeah, it's fun. It, it, I mean, it, after a while, it's like once you've done it, you know, once or twice or three times or whatever, it's kind of like. It loses its, you know what I mean? It's just like it's the same thing every time. Oh, the volcano. Here's the steam. All right, I'm going to toss, yeah. I'm going to toss a shrimp in your mouth. Ah, yeah. Like we're fucking seals or something. And then, you know, it's, and then the, the flippity doo bullshit with the, with the little, uh, I don't know, spatulas. Yeah. Yeah. The mo- I mean, the part that I had the most fun during was they were just straight up shooting sake into our mouths from what yeah. like a mustard bottle. Do you, uh, do you ever do the, uh, sake bombs? Did you ever do the sake bombs? No, I saw the table next to us do it. They actually brought out like a drum and a drummer for it. Yeah. We did. I, I always do the sake bombs. It's a good shit. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We are. Weird moment there. What happened? <laughs> I know. The chemistry uh, here is just so good. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, man. I was speaking of dairy. I was watching. Um, no, not not a Stephen King property. I know. Everybody was thinking it. He's going to go to dairy. No. I was watching uh, an episode of Punky Brewster. And. Punky had these new neighbors move in and the dad of this little girl, the little girl was played by a year, a young Candace Cameron, a very young Candace Cameron from full house. She's not playing the same character, but anyway, the dad that was a dad's daughter come to find out like they, he was in a custody battle with his wife. And so he just stole his own kid, brought it to the apartment building that Punky lives in. And, Punky realized it because she's drinking milk and there's a fucking missing child on the milk carton and there's like a little Candace Cameron face, a little smiley Candace Cameron face. She's missing. <laughs> and so Jake was Al- Alan Seavers looking for her. <laughs> the Seavers. Isn't that where she's from? She's from Full House. 
the Tanners. Oh. You're thinking of a brother's show, Growing Pains. That was the Seavers. Yes, yes, you're correct. You're and it, correct. And it, it was Alan Thick. His name wasn't Alan Seaver. Geez, <laughs> <laughs> I got like six things wrong there. Yeah, he did. That was just you know, that was a huge fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. I I know too much about sitcoms. Apparently, is the problem here. Is what we're learning. But anyway, I. I don't. They don't do that anymore. With Jake, would you know? Do they put kids' faces on the back of milk cartons anymore? No, I haven't seen a kid's face on the back of a milk carton for over a decade. Every now and again, I see them on like the bus stop benches. Mm-hmm. I see them at like uh, you know, like the bulletin boards. You know, at like Walmart when you walk in. Oh yeah, shit! I've never even looked at one of those in the last decade either. Yeah, you could have helped find a kid, and you you've been fucking up. Yeah, yeah, shit. Would, would there have been a reward? Is that what you're thinking about? I think the reward is returning a child to their to their family. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. It's like, how the fuck are you supposed to enjoy milk when you're looking at a kid that's been kidnapped? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why can't you put it on, like, something depressing? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if they still had kids on milk cartons, that guy probably would have never jacked off in that dairy cooler. Why can't you put, like, missing kids on uh, on a laundry detergent bottle? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, doing laundry sucks, right? Yeah, you might as well be down about this missing no kid shit. while you're at it. No shit. Like, I'm supposed – how am I supposed to be happy and drink this milk? Fuck you. You ruined breakfast. Now a little yeah, – how- and now are my lucky charms magically delicious looking at this fucking kidnapped kid. No shit. My, uh, yeah, five-year-old Tanya has been gone for fucking three weeks. How am I supposed to enjoy my cookie crisp, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> she was last seen wearing a fucking My Little Pony Friendship is Magic shirt. Now I'm crying in my milk. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think it's the best idea. You ever see, like, sometimes they do it. This is what the kid would look like now if you found them it's like don't do that then the kidnapper knows exactly what to make the kid not look like oh, i know i know oh god yeah oh man what are, this is stupid we're 20 minutes mm, slightly yeah mm. <clears throat> this beer is excellent though i'll tell you that much i need it <laughs> anyway are you guys ready to jump into good pop bad pop always yep and it's not playing out. God damn it. Hold on. Let's pause. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're back. It is now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Got a lot to talk about this week, and I'm going to start it off by talking about a movie that I just watched hours ago. I saw the new Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. The the literally the new Sonic the Hedgehog since they had to completely redesign him too. Yeah. So yeah, people like if you were one of those people that were online and you were bitching and moaning about the the design of the character 
and uh, you haven't gone and see the movie or don't even plan to see the movie, what the fuck? Yeah, unless you hate the redesign, then you get a pass. Yeah, that's just a th- I don't know. It's just like, uh, and I guess if you if you had those thoughts that you didn't like the design, that's fine. But if you like reached out to somebody at Paramount on Twitter or something and like haven't seen the, I, I don't know, man. It's like if you want if you want Hollywood to know that you know that your voice matters, that these things matter to you, then you know. Go out and see the movie. Take your kids or something. I just, I don't know. That's just my. Yeah. So I think Sonic fans are just a very abused lot, right? They've had it way harder than Mario fans. Like That's their true. character gets thrown all over the place with all kinds of crazy game and redesign ideas. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So they're a bitter lot. Uh, based on the global blockbuster video game franchise from Sega, Sonic the Hedgehog tells the story of the world's speediest hedgehog as he embraces his new home on Earth. In this live-action adventure comedy, Sonic and his new best friend, Tom, team up to defend the planet from the evil genius Dr. Robotnik and his plans for world domination. The family-friendly film also stars Tika Sumter and Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic. So, yeah, this stars uh, James Marsden, uh, Jim Carrey, uh, and oh, Adam Pally's in this movie. For all Adam Pally fans, he's in this movie. Um Oh, it's directed by Jeff Fowler, and Jake, he's from Normal, Illinois. Wow, that's cool. Any other, is this his first big movie? Yeah, he did visual effects on Where the Wild Things Are, but as far as, like, directorial stuff, this is, like, his first big thing, as as far as I know. I've never seen Where the Wild Things Are. It's the only Spike Jones thing I think I've never seen. I saw it. I saw it when it first came out, and it was it was fine. I thought it was visually beautiful, so this guy did the visual effects. Uh, I will say that uh, let me back to Sonic. Um, I, I I think that definitely the redesign helped help this movie. I really do. Um, I can't imagine seeing that other fucking mutant throughout this movie the entire time. I, I so I I do think the redesign helped. Uh, as far as this being a great movie, it's not a great movie. As far as this being a bad child's movie it's not a bad kids movie this is a good kids movie i'm going to give this a middle of the road taste it uh as far as like my enjoyment of this movie i there were a couple funny parts in the movie i I think james marsden was fine maybe not the best uh kind of uh maybe he was the best choice i i don't know it's one of those things where you've already got like sonic the hedgehog voiced by ben schwartz who's already like this crazy loud character um and then you've got on top of that you've got jim carrey eating up the scenery chewing the scenery so it's and he's being his like classic like 90s jim carrey where he's going nuts and on all this shit so it's like (laughs) i guess you have to have one straight guy you know what i mean in this movie to kind of like yeah makes sense ground things a little bit i didn't hate this movie i thought it was fun i'll give it a solid taste it i thought that the action was fun it was really cool seeing sonic move fast and stuff and and um that's you know not all the jokes landed but there was enough there and i think the kids in my audience definitely enjoyed this a lot more 
than uh, they did when I was at the Dr. Doolittle film. I, I got a lot more reactions. And I, I think – and the parents, it was crazy. The parents were loving Jim Carrey. It was like <laughs> like the kids weren't really uh, loving Jim Carrey from what I could tell. But like the parents <laughs> were like really loving Jim Carrey in this thing. I thought he was fine. Um, the end of the movie, they set it up to where there could be a sequel and I was very impressed with how they did a little bit of a character redesign on Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik at the end. It looked very much uh, game accurate, and I was very impressed by that. So, um, Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's a little road trip between, you know, Sonic and, and, and uh, James Marsden. You, you start off in Sonic's home world where he's uh, got these powers and abilities, and he's being raised by a, an owl. And the owl's name is like Longclaw or something. I don't fucking White remember. Claw. Fucking, I don't know, Fuck Talon. I can't remember. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and then he makes his way. You know, people find out that, you know, he's got these powers, and so he's got to go to Earth and... and uh, you know, try to hide on Earth and stuff like that. He's been watching James Marsden's character, uh, who he plays a police officer, Tom Wachowski, and he's been watching him over the past decade, and and he knows everybody in the town. Sonic knows everybody in the town, but they don't know him because he's been hiding himself. And um, you know, and there's but there's one guy in town who everybody is like he's the crazy guy and he talks about the blue devil so they're like the legend of the blue devil like there's this blue devil the red blue blur yeah so um well it's not red yet that's part of the story so <laughs> trust me you'll understand that when you watch the movie yeah oh, fuck it there's a big moment when he gets the shoes there you go there's there you go everybody <laughs> i'm not i'm not the shoes come from our world yeah Wow, that seems crazy. Spoilers. Sorry, everybody, if I ruined your <laughs> fucking Sonic experience. That's not video game accurate. I tossed this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I Overall, I, I, man, I'm glad that they made the redesign. I thought it was a fun movie. I would actually watch the sequel, to be quite honest with you. Um, Jim Carrey was a little over the top, but I, I feel like they – I think they really had to do something with Dr. Robotnik in this. And so might as well get somebody in there with like a wacky personality. And I think he plays well to, to the kids for the most part. They, they, um, but I'm telling you, like in my theater, it was mostly the adults reacting to Jim Carrey. I, it was, I don't know. It was like they were getting a taste of Ace Ventura again or something. It was crazy. So, um, well, I'm, I'm kind of a, um, a knuckle stand. Are there any other characters that make appearances? Any tales or Amy sightings? No. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Probably. Not even a hint of it? Uh-uh. Not, not as far as I know. Not, you know, I couldn't see, I didn't see any Easter eggs like that. We gotta save that stuff for the sequel. Yeah, and I was guessing in the sequel, maybe Dr. Robotnik finds, you know, one of those characters and then uses them to kind of like maybe battle Sonic in the sequel before then they, you know, be, before he befriends them, befriends that character or something. So we'll Makes see. Sense. The movie's tracking better in the box office than they even expected. I think that they expected maybe $45 million. It's looking like it's going to hit 55 or $65 million for the first weekend. Wow. So, yeah, 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 I just saw that, that it was over projected over $60 million. So yeah. good for it. I, I think you're right that the redesign definitely did do a trick here. Yeah. 
I saw downhill. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to see, I wanted to do it. I had, I had to leave out one movie. I wanted to go see the photograph and I couldn't, I couldn't see the photograph. I got called into work one night, so I couldn't do a double feature yesterday, but I did get a chance to see downhill. This is, uh, the new movie with, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell barely escaping an avalanche during a family ski vacation in the Alps. A married couple is thrown into disarray as they are forced to reevaluate their lives and how they feel about each other. Inspired by the motion picture Force Majeure by Ruben Ausland. So yeah, this is a family skiing vacation where an avalanche takes place. And, uh, it's basically like, I guess the, dude, skiing. Have you ever been skiing, Jake? I have not. Have you? No. Hey, Steve, you ever been skiing? Yeah, when I was like 12 and it was horrible and I wish I would have had a snowboard so I could have not been lame. (laughs) If there was like a white people shit compilation video, (laughs) skiing would be like 20 minutes of that video, right? Yeah, yeah, skiing, bowling. My grandfather was an avid skier too. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's total white people shit. Skiing, like what else would be? What else would you put on the uh, white people's like white people compilation video, Jake? I would put. I would Dancing. put. What's that? <laughs> Potato salad. Potatoes. Dave Matthews. <laughs> uh, y- yodeling would be there. Uh, I would put uh, Twister, Twister, um, watching Friends, Uh, (laughs) uh, FaceTiming your pets. Yes, that's absolutely that is 100 percent white people shit. Um, Also, I I think that there I, I would dedicate 30 minutes to cultural appropriation. You know what I mean? That's something that we're known for. Right. And maybe have like. Segments on Jerry Lee Lewis and and Elvis gyrating his hips and shit. I don't know. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh. The white person sizzle reel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, this is uh, this movie is done by. Uh, remember Fox Searchlight? Now it's just Searchlight, and so this is the first movie that I've been to where. It just said Searchlight Pictures. It still had the Fox fanfare. You could hear the music, but it just said Searchlight Pictures. First time I'd seen that. (laughs) Anyway, directed by Nat Faxon. If you're familiar with Nat Faxon, he's a uh, an actor. He's been in a bunch of shit. He was on a show called Married that I really enjoyed. He's been in a bunch of shit. It's also directed by Jim Rash. Oh, I know him. You, you, You. I, I've seen Jim Rash in a bunch of shit. What's he in? Uh, he's most known for, I think, his role in Community. He plays the over-the-top dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never so watched So he's kind of a tiny, bald guy with glasses, really hyper-energetic. This, uh, yeah, this this movie also starred Miranda Otto as Charlotte, uh, Zoe Chow as Rosie, and Zach Woods plays Zach. And, uh, Zach, he was from, uh, he's in that new Avenue five show, which I'm still watching Avenue five, still loving it. Still, I still really enjoy Avenue five. I think it's pretty fun. Anyway, Mm. 
Um, I watched the first three episodes, and I'm, I think I'm out. Oh, good for you. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I'm having a blast with the show. I think it's pretty funny. Um, this movie is like it, the critics are. Uh, it's like a forty something percent from the critics. Viewers giving it like a what is it like a thirteen fourteen percent from like the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. People are hating this movie, and I, I, I got—I guess I kind of get it. I think your average audience, not realizing that this is like a searchlight film, is going in expecting you know uh, wackiness to ensue with Will Ferrell, and he's just going to be one of his dumb shit characters. It's you know like what they got from Jim Carrey and Sonic. Yeah, they're expecting that shit, and they weren't expecting this movie, and they're like, oh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I love her in Seinfeld. I love her in Veep. And, oh, with Will Ferrell, this is, wackiness will ensue. Let's go to this movie. I can't wait for this ski time comedy. And it's all white people showing up in the audience, you know? Anyway. um oh, no. <laughs> But, um, so, I, uh. I actually like this movie quite a bit. I'm going to give it a high taste. It It's nice. It has so many like uncomfortable moments. They're, like, so you got this avalanche that happens and like the, his family thinks that they're all going to die. And they're on one end of like a, they're out getting ready. Uh, they're out like on a, on a deck at this resort and they're getting ready to eat their meal, their breakfast and uh this avalanche starts to happen and it gets closer and closer and then people start to freak out some people start to run away well you know julia louis dreyfus starts to like put her arms around her kids and will ferrell just fucking takes off running leaves his family there and then once it's over everyone's fine and he comes back and they are just looking at him like Okay, we thought you might have been dead. Now you're back. Now we're realizing that you fucking run away like a coward. And the whole movie is basically him trying to brush, sweep this whole thing off uh, under the rug and not wanting to talk about it at all for days. And her wanting to talk about it and have an open dialogue with it. And then when she does, he denies it and lies about it, saying he was going to go run for help and all this shit. And... They have a, they have family friends come on this vacation who are near where they are in Austria. And then everything just kind of spills out. You know, she's, you know, voicing her displeasure at the way he acted and all this stuff. And like, there's this uncomfortable conversation with this couple who's like, they're a new couple. And so they're like lovebirds and shit. And now they're getting to see like this married couple kind of go at it. And, uh, very uncomfortable, but I, 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 I really appreciated this movie and I thought it had a great message at the end and, uh, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I'll give it a high taste it. I, and, but I understand why audience, I guarantee you this is a low cinema score. Like audiences are fucking hating. I, get, I bet it has like an F cinema score because people are just going in expecting to see like stepbrothers or some bullshit. And that's not what you're going to get with this movie. Yeah, that sounds really good. I, I mean, I I really appreciate that kind of dark comedy or that kind of subtle comedy, and it's a good cast. I I'd be very interested in seeing this on your description. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. 
So I, I could see how people would think it's going to be like a wacky 90s skiing comedy movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, do you really want another one of his Sherlock Holmes movies or whatever the fuck he did? I mean, come on. <laughs> Give me a fucking no. break. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely interested. I, I it's how, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty uh, oh, with Ben yeah. Stiller, kind of like in that same wheelhouse of of movies. And I feel like it's something that I would really enjoy. Yeah, that was a good movie too. I haven't watched that since it first came out. But that was a good one. It is. It's very good. I I own it, but yeah, I haven't watched it in quite some time. I, I revisit it. I watched um, Ali and Cavett, uh, The Tale of the Tapes. Uh, this one dropped on HBO on February 11th. Uh, it's the life and times of Muhammad Ali as shown through the lens of his numerous appearance, uh, appearances on The Dick Cavett Show. Um, the documentary was made with uh, recovered footage of more than a dozen appearances that Muhammad Ali made on Dick Cavett's talk show. Uh, this one premiered at uh, South by Southwest back in 2018, and it finally got distribution by HBO. So thank you, HBO, because I really enjoyed this quite a bit. Now, a lot of this stuff, is it's a history of Muhammad Ali, but they also mix in like his appearances on the Dick Cavett show. So a lot of the stuff I knew, like I, you know, I knew about like, you know, um, you know, him becoming champion, beating Liston. I knew about, you know, him, uh, you know, joining up, uh, becoming a, becoming Muslim and, and, uh, you know, not going to Vietnam and, and I, I, all that stuff I've seen, I've seen it all in other documentaries. What like really shined in this documentary was like those appearances, on the Dick Cavett show and the relationship that those two had, especially at like such a time in America where there was a lot of like, you know, the civil rights movement and Dick Cavett really gave, you know, Muhammad Ali a voice and he gave, um, you know, black people. I feel like he let Muhammad Ali give black people a voice on his show. Um, and you know, I, I was the Dick Cavett show like an old time, like talk show. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know too much about Dick Cavett. Like, he showed up on a few episodes of Cheers, which was really cool, but, um, you know, I've never watched. It's one of those old timey names that I know from, like, you're saying, Looney Tunes cartoons and Cheers. What was it like a Johnny Carson, like, prototype type of thing? Yeah, well, he'd have guests come on and sit on a couch and he'd interview them. And, you know, any, anybody, you know, sports figures, anybody, really. And so, but, but he was very funny. He was very funny and very charming. And like those two would kind of like go at each other sometimes, but they were really good friends as well. And like Muhammad Ali basically said in like one of his interviews with him, he's like, you're the only person that has me on your show. Even when I lose a fight. Uh. And, and he also, I mean, you know, they, they were just really, really great friends. This, and here's the thing. It's like, yeah, I'm talking about a boxer here, but like, if you don't know anything about Muhammad Ali, uh, Muhammad Ali's life, like you're really missing out just thinking about this guy as a boxer. You're really missing out on one of the most iconic and like amazing people that have ever walked the earth. Muhammad Ali was just an amazing human being. Um, his life was just incredible. And like, just to think of him as a boxer is just, that's, it's very short sighted. Like this guy led a huge life and inspired so many people. 
I, I recommend that you, even if you don't give a flying fuck about boxing, watch this documentary. Watch any documentary on Muhammad Ali. Uh, I would watch this in tandem with um, When We Were Kings, which is a documentary that came out in 96. And it's about his fight with George Foreman when they fought in Africa, Rumble in the Jungle. And that documentary won an Oscar for Best Documentary. It is an amazing documentary. And it's not always available to watch. But you can watch it now if you have HBO. It's on HBO. Just search it out, When We Were Kings. I would highly recommend to watch that first and then watch Ali and Cavett, uh, The Tale of the Tapes. It, yeah, When We Were Kings is fucking fantastic. Yes. It's it's amazing. It is amazing. So I God, it just Muhammad Ali, amazing fighter, amazing human being, and this is just an awesome documentary. Like I had never seen I'd seen some of these interviews in his other documentaries, but I'd never seen like so much footage from from these interviews and it was really cool to watch this. So How long, was it like an hour? Uh, about an hour and a half or so. Oh, cool. So like movie length's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about one more thing here and then I'll pass it off. I watched, um, uh, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet on Apple TV. Have you guys heard about this one? No. I have. I definitely want to check it out, but I was, uh, kind of going back and forth with my head about whether or not I wanted another streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the cutting-edge comedy is set in a video game development studio and will explore the intricacies of the human condition through hilarious and innovative ways. This is created by Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day of It's Always in, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and then also Megan Gans. Uh, David Gordon Green directed uh, three episodes in this series. David Gordon Green, the director from Halloween, uh, he directed the first, second, and fourth episode in this. This is uh, one of those shows I've been looking forward to. It's basically it's Mythic Quest is the biggest massive multi online role playing game that's that's in, in that that people have been playing, and it's in the process of having its first major expan- expansion, which is called Raven's Banquet. And the game is almost set to launch, but director Ian Grimm believes that the lead engineer Poppy Lee's contribution, <laughs> a shovel, is not cool enough as all it does is just dig. And so <laughs> so um, the first episode is a lot of like a power struggle between him and Poppy Lee uh, about this shovel. So like he doesn't think it's cool enough. So like they want to give the shovel a backstory and give it like the ability to fight people and it make their heads explode when you hit them. And she's like, I just want it to dig. And, um, he's, (laughs) (laughs) and he's got, uh, Oh, F Murray Abraham stars as CW Longbottom. He's the head writer of like all the stories in this world. Um, it also had, we also have, um, David Hornsby, uh, he plays cricket on It's Always in, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He plays David Brittlesby in this. He's like the executive producer that they have. Uh, Danny Pudi also is in the series. Um, the, I, 
first off, let me just say, I watched this whole fucking series in one day. It's nine episodes and they're about 30 minutes a piece. And once I started, I could not stop. I got through episode three and I'm like, I just got to keep going. And I kept watching and watching and loving it. It is pretty fucking brilliant. It's by episode three, they find out that they have a bunch of like Nazi gamers playing the game and they're using the shovel to like dig swastika symbols in the ground. Oh no. And so, and so, so fucking, um, Rob McElhenney, like he plays Ian Grimm, like the head of the company. And he's like, his brilliant idea is to like flush them out and to basically give them more things in the game that will expose them. So he fucking puts a Hitler salute in the game (laughs) so he can, they can round up the Nazis. And what's brilliant about this is it's like, they're trying to round up the Nazis, just like the Nazis tried to round up the Jews in world war two. And it's like, I know that doesn't sound funny, but watching the episode, it is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. They even have like a symbol that you can like put on your armor or something like that, that looks almost like an SS symbol, you know? Oh my God. It, I, is this a mature audience's show then? It's yeah, I get, yeah, it's more of adult humor. Yeah. Is there swearing in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Episode five was one of my favorite episodes. It was a, and it's actually directed by Rob McElhenney. It's a flashback to 1995, about another startup company and it stars Jake Johnson uh, as he meets his soon to be wife and they start their own gaming company and we see the rise and fall of that company. And that is an amazing episode. Uh, there's also kind of like um, in, in, the, in this world, there's, you know, streamers that they try to garner, um, you know, favor with. And one of them is named Pootie shoe and it's like a 14 year old kid and, they're always trying to keep him happy with the game. Um, there are twists and turns in this, and it makes for a really fun story. I, Like I said, I watched this whole season in a day. Uh, Apple TV Plus has been very uh, happy with this, so they even renewed this series for a second season ahead of its uh, season one premiere. Uh, I'm going to give it a Tupperware, and I think everybody, like, I'm telling you, like, Apple TV Plus, in my opinion, is fucking killing it right now with their series. I'm, I, I love Servant. It's, it's a Tupperware. Uh, this is a Tupperware. I'm hoping that for all mankind was your show of the year. For all mankind was my show of the year. I'm still making my way through, uh, um, Little America, which the first four episodes, I cried at the end of every episode. The, after the first four, I'm just like in tears. Like it's an amazing story based on true events of like immigrants in our country. It's, it's just, it's an amazing fucking series. Uh, yeah. Apple TV plus is just fucking killing it with all their shows that are coming out right now. So, and this is another so now, one. This new show is that's interesting. Is did all the episodes come out at once for this show? They did. All nine episodes dropped on the same day. It, it's weird how they're doing this. They did that for Little America, too. So Little America, they dropped all eight episodes in one day. Uh, the other shows, they would drop three episodes, and then you'd have to wait for the other ones to come out. So, But, you know, I'll, t- I'll say this much. They're dropping new content all the time. They're dropping new content all the time. 
One of the cheapest services too. It's like four ninety nine a month, I believe. Four ninety nine a month. They even what did they drop this week? And I'm going to review it next week. It's a and it looks really good. And they've got it's. Oh God, what is it called? I'll, I'll let everybody know just in case you kind of want to watch it for next week, just to kind of know what I'm watching. It's called Oh War of the Worlds. Oh, visible out on television, and it's it's about. Um, it's about, I guess it's about like people coming out, um, as far as like homosexuality and stuff like that. And, and, but they're, you know, people coming out that are involved in the television industry. So I, I don't know if it's a movie or a series, but it looked really mm. good. Had some people that I've seen in the, in, in TV, you know, that, uh, the director of the, the showrunner for the, for the shy from Showtime, she was also in Ready Player One. That actor, I can't remember her name. She's she's in it. But man, it looks it looks really fucking good. But yeah, Apple TV Plus is fucking killing it. It's worth it at five bucks a month. It's fucking worth it. Yeah, I need to bite the bullet and just get it. That's that's it's so cheap, and I really want to binge through for all mankind after seeing the first three for free. Oh god, uh, I'm hoping real quick. I'm hoping that Mythic Quest season two is going to be called Mythic Quest colon blood ocean and you'll understand that when you watch the series so yes it's a it's a crazy premise for a tv show i I really like the idea it's really brilliant and you know it kind of puts it in a time place but yeah it's it's really good it sounds really good it's really good no appearances by charlie day even though he's involved in he's one of the show creators but no appearances by charlie day maybe he'll show up as like a rival gamer like arriving a rival you know um gaming development uh company or something in the second season uh even if he doesn't it's a fantastic show i Love Mythic Quest. It is so fucking good. So fucking good. Um, Jake, do you have anything for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? Uh, just a few television shows that I watched. I think most of this you've probably seen, too. Maybe, yeah. Um, I did watch the pilot of Lego Masters a few weeks ago. I did. I watched it as well. Same. Um, this is a new reality show hosted by Will Arnett, and it's just a straight-up reality competition show where... Um, it's eight teams and they have to do a challenge every week. And then one of those teams is going to get eliminated and also win immunity in a future week. And, um, this was just a middle of the road taste it for me. Um, I'm a big fan of the Lego movies. I like Will Arnett in those movies, but he really didn't work as a host for me. And I wasn't a fan of the editing for this. It just felt like, Every other reality show other than it's got the Lego challenges and that just wasn't enough to hold my attention to watch this week after week after week. I'd potentially binge this in the background in future weeks. But, yeah, the first episode, the challenges is they have an amusement park and each team of two people has to build a section of the amusement park and incorporate some kind of motorized device in the chal- in the set. And a lot of the drama came from whether or not they were going to get the motorized piece to work. Will the roller coaster make it all the way out of the tr- around the track? And it was just a lot of forced melodramatic drama in a reality show that I wasn't the biggest fan of. I would have liked to just seen more involvement of them building the sets and how they built the sets and just more of that viewpoint 
into what's going on, yeah, like more like, of a technical. There's like a, it's almost like they're constricted by this reality kind of like competition formula that's already been set by other shows. Like, you know what I mean? Like these cooking shows and, and yeah. even nailed it. Like they have to fit that structure, right? Yeah, it re- I didn't know if you guys would feel the same way or not, but like to me, there's a really good Tupperware reality show involving Brickmasters and Master Lego Builders. But yeah, this like just falls into that formulaic dime a dozen reality show competition, and I think it suffers for it because I I think they have the people like it seems like the two judges have their fucking pedigree, have their credentials, you know, of being really in the thick of like Lego creation and ideas, but yeah, you don't really see none of that really shines through. And I, I want less of produced like contestant stories and more just like what they're thinking and what it takes to come up and build these Lego constructs as our yeah. constructs. Yeah. So I don't know. what did you guys think? This middle of the road tasted for me. I was disappointed. And hey, what'd you think, Steve? I'd give it a high taste. That I, I mean, as, as formulaic as it was, like it, it reminded me and Brianna of um, of uh, Hell's Kitchen, which she really enjoys. So she naturally really enjoyed the show, and I and I liked it for what it was. I I get where you're coming from with not seeing enough of the builds. I'm I'm kind of a, a Lego fan myself and grew up playing with them a lot. Like I have a I have a Stranger Things Lego set that's built across my room here. And like I just so I enjoyed like getting to see the show as a whole. Um, having said that, the the the, the host Will Arnett, he I, I it, it there was I don't know he's he's funny I guess, but he also seems like he tries very hard I think uh, to be that Will Arnett. Um, I did not like the Lego Masters. Uh, the the they seemed kind of snobby. Um, but I, I like, I, and I, it, like, cause like every time, every time they had anything to say, it was always negative. And I was just kind of like, that's, that's kind of fucked up. Like they, you couldn't say one good thing about this, this thing that somebody spent, you know, an entire day on. And I, 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 I'm going to keep watching it. I give it a high taste and I, I, I had fun with it. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Hell's Kitchen because they even have the Hell's Kitchen scene where they're both running in and out of the kitchen at the same time, and they yeah. almost run into each other. Yep, and it's just like <laughs> oh, I roll, I roll. Uh, I get I get numb to that sort of thing. I just I, I, it's trash TV, so <laughs> yeah. I, I, Hell's Kitchen, like I'll watch it for a few seasons, and I got to drop off it for a while. I haven't yeah. watched Hell's Kitchen in years. Same. Just like, yeah, but I'm back. I'm back watching uh, the fucking uh, Gordon Ramsay 24 Hours in Hell or whatever the fuck. I fucking love that show. Yeah, that's more of a doc, though, and that's way more interesting and, like, can capture your attention more so than just the same old hackneyed program with just new contestants. Oh, I don't. Yeah, whatever, dude. I just like it when he fucking goes to seafood restaurants and their fucking coolers are just full of, like, stank rank ass shit yeah <laughs> no that's what i'm saying is, is that show is it's way better than than house kitchen as far as the longevity of it like oh my god i, I love just oh and then he and then he goes into the cooler he goes into the walk-in and he's just like picking up shit and like he'll like peel back the saran wrap on it and it stinks and all like the cam they, they get a shot of the cameraman puking you know, oh God, how long's this been in here? Four weeks. Four. Oh God. Ah, oh, you know, it's fucking 
like cod. Cod that's just like turning green or some shit. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking they gross. Octopus yeah. that's fucking like it's just rancid, just rancid. And then he comes out into the into the into the into the restaurant and people are eating there and he's like, Everyone, stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they cut to commercial ads. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. It's so good. Oh, it's so fuck. good. Uh, I was wondering if like one time he shows up at one of these places and like you could fucking eat your food off the floor and he's like just freaking out because the entire episode's in the can at that point. <laughs> nah, I think I think I think they got to They got to do their homework on these places. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they get the tip off that it's Ramsey and Ramsey. That's what that, that's what this show. This new one's about it. This new one's about like they 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 know that they're coming that these people are coming there for like a renovation, but they don't know it's Gordon Ramsay coming. So like when he shows up, he's in a disguise and shit. And then he fucking he rips off his disguise like he's fucking Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible and shit. And he's like, I'm Gordon Ramsay in your restaurant's shit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. What'd you think of the Lego Masters, Brian? I liked it. I give it a taste. It. I love Will Arnett. So like he he did it for me. I'm sorry. I fucking love Will Arnett. He's he he hams it up. I will admit he he hams it up and he looks at the camera and he's being he's yeah he's he's fucking he's chewing the scenery and he's but I think you got to have somebody in there to like try to have fun with this. I don't know. Um, well, it, may, it makes sense to have him yeah. like, with him voicing Batman and yeah, sure. the, or Lego Batman. Like it just, it makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know who else you could get in there to do this shit. I don't know. Yeah, no, I was surprised to see uh, Brad Pitt's name as an exec producer on this. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, that is weird. That is weird. He must just be a huge Lego guy and we never yeah. knew. Yeah. I also laughed when like, I'm used to all these cooking shows where they're like, you have one hour. And here they were like, you have 15 hours. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was like, damn. Do they, dude, do they fucking build this shit for 15 hours straight? Yeah, I, I had more questions about what that entailed than anything else. Like, <laughs> yeah. You like, think that the they would hours like. hours they spend without the hosts anywhere near them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, or like, do you think that they fucking have like a, like a halfway point where they take a break? And they the go. edit sure made it feel like not that the edit is sure. anything, but it sure made it feel like it was fifteen hours of continuous. Time. I don't know how you could do that shit for fifteen hours straight, man. Yeah, it feels like no way. They had to have a lunch break, snack breaks. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like those fuck. Like some of the contestants are older and shit. Like they're gonna be able to fucking be alert and do this shit for fucking fifteen <laughs> hours. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. surprised like that old man didn't like just fucking like pass out and fall into their fucking like Lego creation. It goes flying all over the place. You gotta watch and see if they do a change of clothes. <laughs> that's all. They played like a big sizzle reel before the beginning of the episode, and that's one of the moments they showed was someone like crashing some huge Lego thing as they were trying to place it on top. Yeah. What about uh, oh, the one woman with the big hair drives me fucking nuts. She looks like a Chris, <laughs> she looks like a Kristen Wiig character from SNL. She drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. They had, the, the teams were pretty wild too. Like yeah. they, they really seeked out some really crazy reality TV show staple teams. Yeah. Uh, what else you got, Jake? Um, also, the Survivor 40 premiere was this week. I won't go too in detail on this, but it's the 40th season of the show, celebrating its 20th anniversary. And Survivor's always been my all-time favorite show. I just love the shit out of it. And 
for the first time ever this season is all winners. It's 20 previous winners of the show all competing against each other. So this is just the Tupperware of Tupperwares for me. It was like the reality television Avengers going at each other. And it's just so fascinating. Like any previous season, there's always some duds. Like there's always people that got on the show by not even applying. They're just like supermodels and influencers and whoever, like just casting, you know, stunt casting. Mm-hmm. And so there's some duds. There's some people there that are just there to be there and aren't really trying as hard as they can to play the game. And that sometimes can stagnate a season just if you get too many people like that. And especially if those people become a majority and start making it to the end of the game. So what makes this so fascinating is just all 20 contestants are there to play. They've all won previous seasons, so they're not fucking around. Everyone's got a reputation. And on top of that, they raised the prize money to $2 million instead of $1 million. And that's something the contestants aren't told until they start the game. So it's just a big shock to everyone. And, you know, that's going to get in the way and what's going to happen, too. So if you're a survivor historian and you've watched every season and even beyond that, know some of the friendships that some of these players have outside the game, if you're that into the community, this is just mind blowing to see because there's just everyone's got relations outside the game. And for the first time ever, the show's even kind of showing that in the edit that there was definitely pre-gaming going on, potentially. Um, one group of people they call the Poker Alliance all appeared on an episode of Poker After Dark together, and one of the contestants actually brought up that they would be in an alliance together if they were on a season together and run the tables. And they, you know, they even show that clip from Poker After Dark. So it's just fascinating on that kind of macro level if you're really into Survivor to just see this go down. It's it's mind blowing. I man, I'm so excited. Wednesday nights are just crazy for me right now with this show on. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Uh, I might. This might bring me back. This might bring me back. Yeah, it's wild. There's um, people as old as the season three winner to people that won just like a year ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really fascinating cast. Yeah. So. I started with season one. I remember watching, I remember sitting down fucking back in the day when you had to watch shit live. I remember watching the first episode live, you know. So Yeah, Hatch like, was invited to play, but was dealing with, with big time family issues at the uh, time. Yeah. Oh, man. So he had an ailing family member. Is, so is, 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 Ru- is Rudy still with us? No, Rudy passed just last year. Oh, that's sad. I loved Rudy. Yeah, Rudy was 70 fucking six in the first season of Survivor. That's crazy. Holy shit. Fucking yeah. Rudy, and yeah, Rudy, like, he fucking hung into that game, like, down to the, down to the wire, man. Oh yeah, if Rudy would have been at the end, he 100% would have won. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. What else you got, Jake? Um, that's pretty much it for now. All right, I, wa- um, I I watched the lock and the key too, but I'm sure I was sure you were going to talk about that. Yeah, I got that. Uh, McMillions on HBO. You guys watching McMillions? I am watching McMillions. I have not. McMillions six part documentary series. McMillions examines the 24 million dollar worth of fraud that corrupted the McDonald's monopoly game between 1989 and 2001, in which there were almost no legitimate million dollar winners in the contest. Um, this story it came out. It's what's weird is like you know you think like more people would have heard about this, but like this story actually came out 
Um, it was the largest case of fraud in U.S. history at the time, but it was underreported because of the events of 9-11. The trial, uh, basically the, 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 this, the trial for like the ringleader behind this monopoly scam, his trial started on September 10th of 2001. So this got buried by 9-11. So like, it's one of those stories that got released and like everybody forgot about it because of 9-11. Um, I remember like reading about this, uh, you know, maybe a year ago. And then at one time, I think Matt Damon and Ben Affleck bought the story rights to this for like a million dollars. I don't know if they're involved in this at all. I would imagine that I thought that they were going to make like a movie about it, like a, like a legit, like with act with actors and shit. But uh, this, you sent me a link about that, yeah. and the article that you sent me led me to believe the same thing, that they bought the rights to the story to make, like, a, a drama about it. Yeah, I, it makes me wonder, like, if they're waiting to see, like, how this documentary series does before they actually fucking, you know, start on a movie or something. But, um, Mark, yeah, I agree. I agree. It was hard not to think of um, who Affleck and Damon would play in this story as I was watching these episodes. Well, it's not like even it's not like they even have to star in it. Like, like th- those guys, oh, have, true, true. Yeah, those guys have just you know they could just be behind the movie and do like you know get the you know, um, they could be like producers or something. But um, Mark Wahlberg's involved with this. His uh, company, Unrealistic Ideas, is uh, he's an executive producer on this one. But um, I really liked the I I loved the first episode. I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, I'll give that first episode a Tupperware. I'll give the second episode a high taste it. Um, the, the first episode was just like, I, I really like that. Who's that one fucking, that one undercover dude? I was just trying to Google his name the entire time we were talking because he is my favorite part of it. Doug Matthews. Doug Matthews is fucking hilarious, man. Like this is, yeah, yeah. Like this is the guy that basically kicked off the events of like, you know, um, looking into this, uh, this scam, apparently there was a guy who ever, you know, who they call uncle, uncle Jerry that was giving out the winning pieces to this monopoly game. Like if you're familiar with the monopoly game from McDonald's, like if you get like hash browns or French fries or a burger or whatever, you peel off a game piece and now you got a game piece for this monopoly board. And if you fill up, you know, uh, you know, if, if you get all the game pieces, you can, uh, you can win prizes. And some of those prizes are like a million dollars. You can win a car. You can win like $5,000 a week for the rest of your life, whatever the fuck it is. But this guy was like, he had access to the winning game pieces, this uncle Jerry. And that's who, that's who they're looking for, um, through, throughout this investigation. And, uh, Doug, it was his name, Doug Matthews. He's like the guy that, he's like the detective that's like kicking off this whole thing. Never been undercover before. And we're watching real videos that they're filming of them going undercover and talking to past winners that were involved in this fraud. So basically they're calling these people and coming over to their houses undercover and telling them this story of like, we just want to record like, you know, how you won, how, you know, what did it feel like when you won? Where did you get the winning game piece? And basically to get them on camera lying and to to find out more about this story. Go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, and and also they were tapping the phone lines. Yeah. they would go undercover, put the people in this situation, and then see who they would call and see who they would talk to as well. Yeah. And then I thought, like, dude, like, 
as for as much as I love the first episode, the second episode wasn't as good, but I was still kind of like captivated by the fact that like the mafia, the mob got involved in the second episode. I'm like, what the fuck? This is way bigger and way more bizarre than I thought. Yeah, I am on the exact same page you, uh, as you about this show. I completely Tupperware the first episode. The FBI agent, Doug, was just unbelievable like there are times where i thought this guy has to be an actor like right. he can't even yeah. be a real fbi agent he is just so outrageous and so funny and so charismatic it's unbelievable they let this guy just do undercover work and like he, just right away without and they talk about it without the training without the yeah schooling. yeah like but, he, he, but, he, but he makes people feel at ease like he just gets people to talk because he's that personable yeah, yeah, he's so believable. And just the first episode is so amazing just in it. There's so much information in it and seeing Doug speaking to the McDonald's worker who's also teamed up with him and them going on their first undercover mission is it's so amazing. And like Brian said they have actual footage. Like you're seeing them talk about it. Yeah. And then you're seeing the actual footage they shot when they went undercover and it's so fucking wild. There's an actual moment where they've got the guy holding the giant million dollar check on the beach and some guy actually runs by and steals <laughs> the check like doug the fbi agent chases after him and tackles him down to get the check back <laughs> this is under and they have this on on footage you can't make this they, shit up uh, they talk to the guy and he's just like some kind of beach stoner and he's like oh i just saw those zeros in that giant check and i thought i'd make a break for it it's like it's not even a real check you dumbass how the fuck are you gonna cash that even if it was it's like the most identifiable check you could possibly steal right right like what are you gonna do cross your name out and put pay to the order of oh god oh yeah (laughs) ridiculous man (laughs) but but yeah i completely agree the the first episode was so good, and I was so excited to see. I was like, how can they do this to me? Why don't they just release all this at once? And then I saw the second episode, and that's kind of when the fatigue sets in of this really should just be half as long as it really is. They, It seems like they're really stretching it out a lot more than they need to. I thought the yeah. second information episode just didn't have anywhere near as much. Like the – excitement of finding out what's going on and who they're looking for and what the case is. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I'm still so excited to see this show, but it's hard to judge until I can see it from beginning to end. Well, I think I really wish it was three episodes or just all out now with the third episode. I think like once they go to that Vegas convention for the past winners, I think we'll get to see a lot more footage and you know, Doug Matthews will be there. So we'll get a lot more Doug Matthews. So hopefully that'll be a fun episode for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a really great show and I can't recommend it enough. Even though the second episode wasn't as strong, uh, this is still something I'm going to check out every week until it's over. Yeah. And I'm just fascinated by it. Even as a kid, I was always fascinated by the Monopoly game. And it was just kind of a nice blast on memory lane. I'd forgotten yeah. about all the other, like, cash-in attempts. I forgot about the, the Scrabble game and the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game. Right. And just It was a lot of fun nostalgia yep. just on top of what an insane criminal case it is. We would, I, uh, as a family, when we'd go on, uh, the first time that they did Monopoly back in 89, me and my family were on a vacation. And so we would always drive down to Florida 
And so we'd go from state to state to state. And that whole fucking vacation, all we did was go to McDonald's and get game pieces. Like every time, like, you know what I mean? Oh man, I did the same thing with my mom. I remember we would just go and get a fry. Yeah. Yeah. And just like increase your odds by going to the different McDonald's. And they said on the dock that, uh, it would increase sales by 40% promotion. I was pretty, that's, that's a lot. No wonder they ran that shit twice a year well, after that, a while. McDonald's, I remember I worked at McDonald's when I was a teenager, and I remember when they did, you know, yeah, we'd always get a lot more business during Monopoly, and then we'd get, oh, God, when they did the Beanie Babies, oh, my fucking God. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. Oh, my God. It's like we, The cars were wrapped around. I, Jake, I worked at the one in Peoria Heights. And the the fucking cars were just wrapped around like people couldn't even turn into the fucking McDonald's when they had the Beanie Babies. Jeez, that's fucking crazy. Man, McDonald's used to have the fucking goods when it came to collectibles back in the day. You don't see that kind of thing anymore, man. No, I still have my uh, Batman and Robin or Batman uh, Batman Forever mug. It's like a glass mug where it's the Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face and him flipping the coin is the handle of the mug. I got yeah, some, I have all those. I still got some Hercules plates around here somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, they just, have, all the cool glassware they used to do with all the different fast food joints, yeah, I miss that. Me too. I, I do too. I'd buy fucking glassware for, like, the current state of movies if they had collectible cups and they, glassware. Dude, I... When I was at Universal Studio, Studios with Scott, they had a shop there that had glassware for all like the 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 different haunted houses we went into. They had glassware for Stranger Things, Ghostbusters. Um, I can't. Those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head. And it, dude, it was like it was a blast from the past. Like looking at that old mm-hmm. glassware from like the fucking eighties and shit that you used to get as you know just as promotional shit when you went to like a a fucking fast food restaurant. You know what I mean? Dude, I went to a bar a few years ago, and they were serving the drinks in the fucking Smurfs glasswares that you used to get from Burger King, I think. Yeah. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I stole two of those glasses. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jake. Uh, um, I remember those, too. That's crazy. So, yeah, you brought up Lock and Key. I watched oh, yeah. Lock and Key. This has been a long time coming. Uh, Fox had an unreleased pilot of Lock and Key back in 2011. That It actually premiered at San Diego Comic-Con, I believe, the same year. And it's been known, that pilot has been known to pop up on YouTube from time to time. It was back, it was on YouTube as early, uh, they had it back in January of this year, and now it's been taken down. I've never seen it, but you can still watch the trailer online. I've seen the trailer. Hulu was then adapting it. And they even started casting for it, and then that fell out, and then Netflix snatched it up. Um, but uh, Lock and Key deals with the story of Rendell Locke, who is murdered at the hands of former student Sam Lesser. So his wife, Nina, is forced to move with her three children, Tyler, Kinsey, and Bodie, from Seattle to Matheson, Massachusetts, and take residence in Rendell's family home, the Key House. The children soon discover a number of mysterious keys throughout the house that can be used to unlock various doors in magical ways. However, they become aware of a demonic entity that is also searching for the keys for its own malevolent purposes. Uh, it's developed by Carlton uh, Q's. Uh, it's based on the IDW comic book series of the same name by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. The series stars Darby Stanchfield, Connor Jessup. He played uh, Ben on Falling Skies, if you remember that TNT series. 
Amelia Jones, Jackson Robert Scott, Laisla D'Alevira, Patrice Jones, and Griffin Gluck. Um, Jake, how many episodes did you watch? I just watched the first one. I finished the series. Yeah, I didn't... (laughs) I didn't love this show very much, so it was easy to just move on to the next thing. I, I didn't hate it. It's not a toss-it for me, but it's, it's right there as a middle-of-the-road taste-it. It was interesting enough. There was nothing wrong with the acting. I just, I don't know, it, nothing really, it's definitely not really ever funny or charming and just kind of completely rests on the laurels of its mythology and what's going on. So I I don't know. I just, it just didn't do much for me. It, it felt like an even lesser Stranger Things a little bit. Steve, did you watch any of this? Uh I did not get a chance to get on this at all yet. I've uh I've just been too busy with work. I yeah, I finished the whole series. Uh I'm going to basically say i yeah i finished it i fucking loved it um i know that paul was on here last week and that he didn't like it uh because of yeah and it's it's it it doesn't have like the same feel of the comic book but in a way it's like i think i I think like this is a a good way to get people into the story of lock and key i i really had a had a blast with this series to be quite honest with you i think i finished it in maybe three or four days um all the keys are fun. Uh, you know, you've got different keys, some keys that you could, uh, that, that, that open different doors to, to different things that maybe will hurt you or, or, you know, um, you got other keys that they, there's a key that you can use, uh, to change how you look. There's an anywhere key where you can think of a place that you've seen before and you can go anywhere in the world with the anywhere key. Uh, there's a ghost key where you open a door and once you walk out that door, you become a ghost and you're able to basically, uh, you know, uh, fly around through the astral plane as a ghost. You can even talk to other ghosts that maybe live on the property. Um, very kind of like, yeah, very much kind of like a Stranger Things type show, but also kind of like with the magic of maybe a Harry Potter, you know, uh, I, I felt like all the keys were fun. And then there's this like looming presence of this villain, uh, you know, the well lady. And she's also trying to get the keys. Why is she getting the keys? And there's plenty of mystery throughout this, you know, like the father had been murdered by this, you know, this kid, Sam Lesser and, and, um, and so it's like uh, you find out more about that character. You find there's lots of twists and turns. I really enjoyed this one. Um, I thought I thought it was a, a lot of fun. I and I think that um, yeah, I think I think it is made for like a, a younger audience. But I think this is a good way to get people into the property. Um, you think yeah. it'll get darker? Uh, It'll just oh, this is the level it'll always be. I think this is I, the level it will always be. It may get a, a tad bit darker in the next season, but you know, I, I mean, um, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I had a blast with it. I, I'll, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I really love this series. I, I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I, I there's, it's definitely a quality production. I don't know. It was just something about it. I thought the well lady was definitely the thing I was most fascinated by most. I, I think maybe I, I will watch some more episodes of this. I mean, if you Tupperware it, the first episode was definitely very exposition heavy. 
Yeah, um, I, mean, I didn't really get to see all that many keys. You find out, I like, guess, the mom has issues with... The mom has issues with alcohol. The well lady at one time tries to seduce one of the characters and is pretty pretty successful, you know? I mean, like, there's a lot going on here. It's not... 100% child friendly. I mean, there's some, there's some things going on in this, in this show that are a little bit more, you know, risque, you know? So I, 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 and did. it's not that I'm opposed to that. I guess it's something I just need to get over. It's just when I know it's a Joe Hill thing, and like on first look, it's a little bit disheartening that it's not as mature an adult as I would have hoped sure. it would be. But I mean, the property itself isn't. Like, it does have mature themes, but it, it doesn't go completely over the top, really. Yeah. I mean, it still is kids. You know, that hasn't changed sure. from the comic book to, and I, the, to I the TV do, show. I do think Stranger Things has influenced a little bit of the feel of this show, you know. and and uh, But on the flip side, I, th- I felt like some of the magical aspects felt very, like, Harry Potter, you know. like and, and yeah. I, th- I just thought it was unfortunate that the, like, some of the best things from Stranger Things didn't influence it because it just, it, to me, it was never really that funny or charming. Like it never caught that magic. Yeah. Like all the yeah. characters were pretty unlikable. It's not that they were bad actors. They just within the first episode, everyone just seemed bratty and annoying. Well, I, the first episode is basically establishing that they they're having to move from Seattle to Matheson, and their dad had just died like six months. Prior, so what a jerk! Jeez, come on, kids, cheer up! I know anymore. Make jokes. Come on, come on. The the Monopoly game is happening at McDonald's. Come on, let's get some game pieces. You know. Yeah, I know Dad died, but let's let's try for boardwalk. Yeah, let's try to win this jet ski. Come on, (laughs) you got one more piece. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Joe Hill does make a cameo appearance, and that the group uh, of kids that you meet in this, uh, the Savinis. Uh, who are making the, uh, horror film. I was like so happy in episode two. Tom Savini actually makes a cameo appearance in the, in the, in the series. So I, uh, I, I, I like this quite a bit. I, I know, Paul, I'm sorry, bro. I'm so, I know you hated it, but I kind of fucking love this show. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I did not hate it. And I did, I, I knew not to come at it from it's a direct Joe Hill adaptation. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just right there in the middle with it. I I moved on to something else after watching the first episode, and I should I should give it another chance. At least watch maybe three or four. Yeah, I I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. It was like it was like a, a Pringles chip. Once you pop, you can't stop. And I just kept going. I'm not gonna lie. I have the Netflix flinches a little bit now too when it comes to these things. Like it's like. Am I even going to get a second season of this? Is it even worth committing to something? Are they going to have a cliffhanger and then never yeah. show me anymore? Yeah. I so, no, I get that. I don't know. Yeah, trust me. Trust me. As a fan of the OA, I 100% understand worrying about a series going away. So, yeah, I don't want to fall in love with anything and fall down that rabbit hole just to have it taken away i know just like our listeners should get a two attached to this show because i might fucking wrap this shit up <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah it's gonna be like ripping the band-aid off too it's not like you're gonna get like a 
a month-long countdown of our greatest memories. No, I promise you that when this show ends, I won't even let you know. It'll just like one week, your feed will just not update. And you'll be like, and then you'll tweet me, hey, Brian, is a new episode dropped? I have, And I won't tweet back. It'll be one of those like mysterious things that like, and maybe there'll be a podcast one day, like whatever happened to PCL? Maybe somebody will, you know what I mean, Jake? I, oh, God. And then I get to listen to that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be, awesome. be fucking dope. Yeah. You'll check okay. back Twitter to see if we responded, and then you'll just see uh, you have been blocked by this user. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, I'll block them. Oh, I love blocking like people anyway. I've, got, I've moved from blocking people to muting them. That's been my thing, Jake. Is muting people like because so, yeah, I mean, that's that's less offensive. I mean, but well, it, I think it depends. Like if the person's being a really raging d bag, then that's when you bring out the block. Like that's when you do the ultimate offense. Eh, yeah, that's true. I, oh, totally, totally. I totally agree. I don't want any douchebags like following us. I, I'll, I'll block them. But like every once in a while, I'll just read something like, "Oh, I didn't like that comment. I'll just mute that guy." Yeah. And then like yeah, they smart. don't know. They're just oblivious. Yeah, I know you're off to Facebook now, but one of the best new features on Facebook is they have snooze now. Do you know about this? Oh, you can snooze somebody for like thirty days, right? Yeah, for like thirty days or two months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's brilliant. And that's kind of fun too, because it it gives it that reality show edge where like when they come back, you're like, All right, let's see this next first comment. Oh yeah. Up, you're still a fucking self you know, obsessed, depressing motherfucker. Snooze. <laughs> Snooze again. See you in 30 days. <laughs> oh, man. You guys, you guys want to take a break or do you want to, like, what do you want uh, to do? Always. I know. I don't even have to ask you. I hate it when I, when I do it. Like Jake's like, oh yeah, let's talk some more. I'm having a good time hanging out with my friends. Let's talk some more. Oh yeah. The minute you say break, my brain is like, I know you got like, you got fucking Kit Kats at the ready. You know what I mean? That's usually true. I have discount dark chocolate candy hearts right now. Oh my God. That guy that came up with that jingle for Kit Kat gave me a break. Get, that guy must have been king shit a fuck mountain at Kit Kat for a long time after coming up with that jingle. You know what I mean? Probably still. That, 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 that jingle's brilliant on so many levels. No shit. Oh my god. Oh well, yeah, it is fucking brilliant, Jake, because when you think about it, when you open a Kit Kat bar, you get to snap it, right? You break it, right? Yeah. Right? I, 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 yeah, it's brilliant. It's you're fucking, taking a break. Yeah, you're doing a break. You're breaking a thing. The whole the whole thing is just fucking brilliant. Some it of the is. best wordplay ever to hit commercial. That guy, that guy. Oh god, that guy just fucking that was living his best life after he fucking came up with that goddamn fucking jiggle. Oh Jesus yeah, you know Christ. the Snickers people were just fucking hanging themselves in their offices. Yeah, I know. What was Snickers doing back then? What were they doing? <laughs> like no, I think I personally Snickers is a superior candy bar in my opinion. Oh, no argument. But they didn't Especially have it. if you get the minis. I think the minis are even better than the full size. What are they they had the Snickers Satisfies thing? Was that it? Snickers Satisfies? Yeah, Hungry Why Wait is still now, right? They fucking what are they 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 fucking had that one commercial where the woman is like brushing her horse and she's talking. You know what I mean? You remember that one? <laughs> I do. They would have like real people doing like their real jobs. And they had like a woman brushing a horse and she's talking about like how sometimes she needs a snack or whatever. And she's like, you know, she's brushing her horse and eating a fucking Snickers. Snickers had it all. Snickers had the fucking, they had the nougat, they had the chocolate, they had the caramel, they had the peanut. 
They had everything. You got your fucking protein with that guy there. You had the peanut crunch there. You had sweet and salty. Sweet and salty, Jake. Like, literally with the Kit Kat, what do you have? A wafer and chocolate. Wafer and chocolate. Pretty fucking boring. Pretty fucking boring. It's like the missionary position of chocolate candies is the Kit Kat. Yeah, I, I, Snickers, I do love Snickers, full blown orgy. To Snickers, full blown orgy with the fucking Snickers bar. Like, I would agree with that. No, like even when you bite into it, it's almost sexual because you got nougat, which is like fucking cum in your mouth, and then you got uh, <laughs> and then you got nuts in there. You got nuts in there, dude. It's sexual. <laughs> Snickers is a sexual fucking candy bar. Snickers is like a promiscuous fucking candy bar that just like you know you put it in your mouth and it's like, dude, it's like you're fucking. It, it, yeah, it's like you're fucking. Kit Kat is just like boring as shit. Away from uh, shit's for like serial killers and training, man. It's basically the Saw movies of candy bars. Uh, wafer like breaking them off into four pieces. Who, who are the who are the fuck? Hey Jake, who the fuck are the serial killers and sociopaths that are just buying straight wafers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever fucking gone? You know what I mean? And it comes in the clear packages, and they're not. They're clearly not hiding what a shitty fucking candy it is. You're like, you get literally get to look at this boring fucking wafer. It's a wafer. Who the fuck is like, oh, hey, uh, honey, if you're going to the grocery store, can you pick me up some strawberry wafers? Mm. Who the now, fuck? I like the, I like the wafer cookies though, where it's like the cream in between the two wafers. Dude, you, uh, okay, you gotta do the cream in between the wafer, but even then, even then, like, Kit Kat at least is like, let's cover this shit in chocolate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like eating agree. styrofoam. Yeah, it's like eating styrofoam. Oh, ooh, styrofoam that tastes like strawberry or fucking <laughs> lemon or some shit. Lemon wafers. Get the fuck out of here. Seriously, those people need to be lined up. We need to pull the bullet in their heads because they're going to blow up some important building one day. People, yeah, let me know when you're ready to do the uh, candy bar bracket tournament podcast. I'm there for that. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. We'll do that. We'll fucking do that <laughs> shit. Brian, Snickers yeah. are good, but you know where what really wins for me is the Snickers ice cream bars. Oh, good. Oh, Steve. Steve, I'm telling you, man. I am telling you, man. There's nothing better than fucking going to the store on a fucking hot day. And what's nice about those Snickers ice cream bars, some places that you go, they'll sell them individually. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, they got them in, in individual, and at at the gas station down the road from me, you can get individuals, and then for like a dollar more, you can get a five pack. Oh man, yeah. that's we like, have individuals at my job. That in the individual packets are fucking brilliant. The, whoever fucking came up with that, the individual packet of the fucking Snickers and the Twix bar. I'll get the Twix here in a moment, but the Snickers, <laughs> but the, but the Snickers, the individual packets of that. It's almost like you know, it's like you're thinking to yourself, eh, I don't want to be too much of a fucking you know uh, glutton right now, and so I just want to buy the one. It's a hot day. Dude, you can eat that shit on the way out to the goddamn parking lot. You pay for it. It's fucking – it's done. It's gone. You've fucking ingested that shit by the time you sit down in your fucking car. It's already gone. But here's the thing. Like you can just go, oh, man, I love – Steve, those are amazing. Whoever made yeah, those, hurt. I would suck that person's dick. <laughs> <laughs> I would suck their fucking dick, man. That's a fuck. And the Twix, the Twix ice cream bars are so amazing too. 
It's the only candy yeah. with the cookie crunch. Jesus Christ, dude. You guys oh, are... man, I love a good – I love Twix, too. Have you tried the new cookies and cream Twix yet? I have not. I've, I've been trying to stay away oh, from Oh, you're it. on a rigid diet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, yes and no. Like, I do have my cheat days. I, the last cheat that I had was a couple days ago. I had uh, one of those uh, eh, pecan dandy bars. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. pecan and it's – oh, God. It tastes like pecan pie. It was fucking amazing. I ate the shit out of that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of felt bad afterwards, but, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna strict diet, but no, what, uh, Kit Kat, what, hey, do you ever have the, 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 the white chocolate, uh, white chocolate Kit Kat or the white chocolate Reese's Pieces, the white chocolate Reese's no, I've had Cups? Both. both are, fa- both are fantastic. The white chocolate Twix is fucking unbelievable. Oh, fuck me. Fuck me. More red velvet shit, people. All right. If you're Do listening, I, I'm, you lost me there. I love red velvet. My God, red velvet is pretty good. Love red velvet. I love red velvet anything. I'm not a cream cheese guy, and that's like the go-to topping for the red velvet everything. Oh, I love cream cheese. Love cream yeah. cheese. Jesus Christ, just a mainline fucking cream cheese into my body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are we on break? No, we're not. I'm still recording. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was unsure. Mm-hmm. We'll take a break now. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back with more Good Pop, Bad Pop. Listen, group, it's simple. If you want to help the pop culture leftovers, go to thepopcultureleftovers.com and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. For anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am Groot. And now you're wearing a hat. I freaking give up. Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCL, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point I jumped up and said to her, Well there, honey, I didn't know you were sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me, I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad, because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCO, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point I jumped up and said to her, Well there, honey, I didn't know you 
you're sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me. I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain. Get your umbrella. All in all, the condition isn't that bad because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. All right, we're back. Talking about can't, I wonder if like people listen to this and they're like, fuck man, I want some candy now. I wonder how many Snickers (laughs) bars we just sold right there. Oh, ice cream Snickers bars. Oh man. See, ice cream Snickers bars right now, maybe not so much because it's cold and shit unless you live in a hot fucking area. But Jesus Christ, during the fucking summertime, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. No, I, I mean don't think I, I've, I've ever I've, had an ice cream Snickers bar. Uh, oh my god. Well, you're lactose intolerant. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I just stay away, but you got to sound good. You get the Halo ice cream. They got some of those that are fucking uh lactose free. Made with like uh coconut milk and shit. They got one called Candy Bar. It's coconut milk. Fucking great. Really good. I bet that is good. Coconut milk is pretty delicious. Yeah. I've been drinking now. Uh, what is it? Aloe Vita? It's a water, and it's got like oh, you were talking about that dope. the aloe vera water. Yeah, it's got a mango. It's mango flavor, but it's got fucking like uh, little pieces of fucking aloe in it and shit. It's fucking. It's like it's really good. Not just for your cuts and wounds anymore. I know. Drink that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what the fuck? Hey, I watched uh, Gangs of London trailer. This is a new series from uh, director Gareth Evans. He's the uh, director from the Raid Redemption and the Raid 2. Uh, when the head of a criminal organization is assassinated, the sudden power vacuum his death creates threatens the fragile peace between the intricate web of gangs operating in the streets of London. Now the grieving, volatile, and impulsive Sean Wallace tries to restore control and find those responsible for killing his father uh yeah this is a new series it's coming to the sky network first so it's going to be out there in europe first and it's later going to hit cinemax guys i'm a huge fan of gareth evans he did that one fucking movie on netflix that i wasn't a fan of that i didn't like but i love the raid i love the the raid too um i liked this trailer i thought it was brutal uh i'll give it a taste it overall I, I it, but it did make me want to see the series. I'm not going to say that this is a Tupperware of a series right now. Uh, from what I saw, I, God damn it! But the series is missing. I want Scott Adkins in this. Like, if you're going to get fucking like British guys and shit fucking fighting each other and being brutal, get Scott Adkins. I love what I'm seeing out of Scott Adkins lately. I love he what he he did that movie. Uh, well, he was in the new Donnie Yen fucking It Man Four, but he was in that one fucking movie Avengement. That I fucking reviewed. I gave it a high taste. I like Scott Atkins as a martial artist. I really like this fucking guy. Did you guys watch this trailer? I did, I did not. Fuck, yeah, I, I thought fuck you, Steve. Good. I sent you the fucking trailer. Why the fuck did you not watch this? <laughs> I've my job is very very time consuming. <laughs> I work seventy three hours this week. Oh, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't need to hear you. I, you mentioned your job. Know, you I mentioned know. your job one more time. I'm gonna fucking hang. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Steve. <laughs> I, I love Steve. I fucking love Steve, Jake. Oh yeah, Steve's good people. Steve's good. No, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good trailer. It's just a taste it for me, but it, it 
did look like an interesting show. Um, I love seeing Cole Meany again. I haven't seen yes. him in anything forever. He played um, O'Brien on Next Generation and then later on on uh, Deep Space Nine well, as well. He was, he was most recently on Hell on Wheels, which was okay. an AMC series, which I absolutely love. Anson Mount series, Common was on that series. I fucking loved Cole Meany. He played the villain in that series. He was fantastic. And so, yeah, seeing him in this series is amazing. Gee, how racist was Next Generation? The one Irish guy in the name of O'Brien. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, you, you, <laughs> you think they're just playing into that a little too much? <laughs> a little on the nose with the name of that character. That's that's Porkins level uh, insensitivity there. Mm. I would I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought this trailer looked really cool. I, I <laughs> they cut yeah. back and he's just eating a raw potato. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking an O'Doul's. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, uh, what's the Guinness? Guinness. Yeah, is it Guinness? Is that is that an Irish beer? I think so. I believe so. I mean, that's Scottish, maybe. I don't fucking know. Wait, wait, I, I shouldn't be trying who's, to be. Who's the fucking racist? <laughs> <laughs> He's Irish. I'm part, I, shit, I'm part Irish. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended. Oh, I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> My first name is Brian. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your first name was O. <laughs> um, I thought the end note of this trailer was hilarious. It definitely um, stuck out and made me keep remembering watching this. It was like guy on fire falling off of a giant building from long distance camera shot away. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Almost reminded me of the... Uh, kingpin fall from grace stuff the way they showed that last shot yeah but yeah this looked really cool it's interesting that the um it's like the raid kind of action directing going on here but a completely like different kind of story oh totally yeah i'm dude this is gonna i'm gonna get a i'm gonna subscribe to cinemax once this fucking comes out man like it's that's how much i love gareth evans so this was really hard to watch brian i am wanted to watch it a second time and when i went back to the link you sent me at that point it had been blocked from being viewed in america really yes so i actually had to do a youtube search to try to see it again and then it wasn't until the fourth or fifth youtube link that i actually got the actual trailer again wow to see, so I don't know how easy this is going to be to see in America. Yeah, well, um, it's going to come to Cinemax eventually. So I guess the I guess if you're in Europe right now, you could watch the trailer, probably no problem. But they're saving it for American audiences or something. That's weird. Yeah, it seems that Sky Network got like really upset and protective about this trailer being. Well, you know who owns thing. You know who owns Sky right now? Disney. Oh really? I thought it was someone else, and that was an issue. I Disney didn't wasn't Sky part of the, that Fox deal? I thought Rupert Murdoch owned Sky and still did. Uh, I thought that it was I. Okay, I could be wrong. I thought it was part of the Fox deal. Like I heard that Comcast wanted to buy Sky, but like they didn't pull Sky out of the deal, and that that Disney now owns Sky. I could be wrong though. Yeah, I don't know. That that's one part of that whole purchase that I didn't pay too much attention to. I've just seen bits and pieces and talked to a few of our friends that live overseas about it. Yeah. 
I, Gangs of London, uh, I probably won't be able to post the trailer in the show notes, but uh, once this hits uh, Sky or uh, Cinemax, depending on where you live, uh, I definitely highly recommend watching this one. Um, I watched a, uh, a movie on Amazon Prime called United We Fan. And it's about fans, stars, creators, and more come together to explore the dynamic history and evolution of Save Our Show television fan campaigns from the letter writing and product mailing campaigns of yesterday to the social media and crowdfunding campaigns of today. So basically, like, this is a show that talks about the shows that almost got canceled, but fans wrote, either wrote in to the networks or, and the network executives, uh, to save it, or they started like social media campaigns, hashtags, things like that, or crowdfunding. People used to send in weird things. That was a big phenomenon with shows that were yeah, being canceled. They get into that actually. Um, this talks about like you know Cagney and Lacey being saved by this woman who is writing in letters, and she got other people to write in to save Cagney and Lacey. Uh, it talks about uh, B. Joe Trimble. She was the lady who basically saved Star Trek from being canceled. Um, a lot of other shows. Person of Interest, uh, they talk about that one. That's more of a modern show that kind of got saved recently. Um, people starting, like, you know, hashtags on Twitter, going to change.org. Uh, it also got into, like, the viewers for – what is the shifting? Somebody's shifting a lot. Knock it off. <laughs> I don't hear it. I, I totally. Uh, they talk about viewers for quality television, and uh, that was like an organization that started basically just from like a woman, um, you know, wanting to save different shows, and it kind of blew up and became like a huge thing. And they sync uh, v, uh, v, uh, VQT single handedly got Quantum Leap back on Wednesday nights from Fridays because Quantum Leap was a show that people would watch on Wednesday nights. They switched to Fridays and their 18 to 35 demographic was out on Fridays. And so they basically fought the network and got it back on Wednesday nights. And the network actually made a commercial kind of like acknowledging that they're succumbing to their, you know, they're, um, they're, they're, we're sorry. It's back on Wednesday. Yeah, now. There, there, there was, there was totally a commercial where they had a, an actor pretending to be like a network executives saying like, we've got your letters about quantum leap and yeah, you win. We're going to put it back on Wednesdays. Um, they talked about m- people mailing stuff into networks to get stuff back on the air. Like Veronica Mars, people were mailing in Mars bars, uh, Arrested Development. They mailed in licorice to Fringe. Yeah, uh, Arrested Development, they mailed bananas. Um, Roswell, they, they mailed in, uh, Tabasco sauce. Ugh. And the first week, they mailed in, like, those tiny bottles, they, they mailed in 6,000 the first week, and the next week they had 14,000. Wow. Jericho, apparently Jericho, they were shipping there, uh, I, is it Skeet Ulrich who was on that show? One of the last lines that he uses at the end of like the season finale, he says like, this is nuts or something. There's a quote that he says about nuts. And so this nut company said that they're, they'll ship nuts directly to CBS for fans. And they started shipping two tons of nuts per day. And, uh, in the end, uh, CBS received 50,000 pounds of nuts 
from fans begging to keep this show on the air. I, this was a fascinating documentary. I I highly recommend this one. It's called United We Fan and it's on Amazon Prime. So I would highly recommend checking this out. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Some of the shows I haven't watched, I've never seen Person of Interest, never seen Jericho, never watched Veronica Mars, but it was still fascinating enough for me to watch this one and uh, appreciate it. So yeah, United We Fan on Amazon Prime. I'll give it a high tasted. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Uh, Steve, what do you got, man? You got anything? I know, don't tell me you were busy with work. Just say no. No, I've got some stuff. There you go. I've, I, I watched. Um, I I actually started watching Horse Girl. Oh, um, you started watching it. You didn't finish it. No, because I was watching it at work. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I I watched this one too. This is uh Sarah, a socially isolated arts and crafts store employee, finds herself more content in the company of horses and supernatural crime shows than people. But when a series of strangely uh, strangely surreal dreams upend the simplicity of her waking life, Sarah struggles to distinguish her visions from reality. A darkly humorous psychological thriller about a woman's search for the truth, however abstract it may be. Horse Girl is directed by uh, and produced by Jeff Baina from a screenplay by Baina and Allison Brie. It stars Allison Brie, Debbie Ryan, John Reynolds, Molly Shannon, John Ortiz, and Paul Reiser. Uh, this is from Duplass Brothers Productions. So if you're a fan of the Duplass Brothers, especially if you watch The League, you'll love Mark Duplass. This is from his production company. And, uh, yeah, this movie deals with uh, mental illness, which has kind of been a hot topic as of late with... Uh, how, uh, you know, movies portray mental illness. You know, like Joker got a lot of shit for mental illness. What all these movies getting shit for mental illness and how they portray this one. But, uh, you saw, how, how, how far did you get into this one? Uh, I got about 45 minutes in. I am definitely enjoying what I'm watching. It's, it's different. Um, and I do like the, I like the independent feel that the movie seems to have. Um, and I, I just, I like where the story is going. Um, I'm hoping that the the ending continues to be as you know in, as intriguing to me as the the first you know 45 minutes has been. Um, I showed a trailer to my girlfriend. She was like, "Yeah, I want to watch it," and um, and so we're we're gonna eventually watch it. Um, yeah, I liked what I saw so far. Based on what I would saw, I would I would go with a taste it, um, and we'll see how it goes through the end. Yeah, you've got Allison Brie plays uh, this woman, Sarah, and she works at this art and craft store with Molly Shannon. And Sarah's kind of uh, socially awkward. And uh, outside of work, she's got this roommate who's seeing a guy. And, and this woman, she just, this young woman that, uh, that, that, you know, that's her roommate just seems like a, she's just kind of like a, a regular lady that likes to go out and have fun with friends, you know, normal stuff. And Sarah, on the other hand, played by Allison Bree, she kind of stays home most nights and she watches this supernatural crime show that she loves. And she starts to have these dreams where she wakes up in this white room and she's laying down and she doesn't really have like free motion, but she can kind of like look to her left and to her right. And in this white room, she sees a man on one side of her and then this woman on the other. And kind of like at first, we don't know what the, these, what these dreams mean. 
are these dreams? Is this real? Is she being, is she, is she being abducted by aliens? What's going on here? And she starts to theorize that she's being abducted by aliens. Um, and then there's other weird things that she does. Like she's her roommate's boyfriend one night walks into the kitchen and to grab like water or something to drink. And he, he sees her just staring at a wall. So it appears like she was sleepwalking. But then there's like periods of time that like go missing to her. And that's like classic, like uh, you've been abducted by an alien, you know, like that, that's stuff that we hear in all these alien abduction stories that like, you know, uh, pieces of time go missing for people. They don't and they wake up in these weird places or whatever. Anyway, one day she's out and about and she's like, you know, walking around and she sees the guy who's been in her in her dream, in her white room dream. So she, there's been a guy and a woman in her white room dream and she sees the guy like out on the street. And so like <sighs> It's a huge mystery. It's very engaging. I was really locked into this story. And it just gets more bizarre as we find out, like, that uh, she has a grandmother who had, like, a history of mental illness. So, like, you, now, you're, now you're starting to think, like, is this – is what happening – is it real? Or is Sarah just, like – is this some sort of, like, uh, you know, genetic thing that she's suffering from this mental illness that needs to be treated? Um like I said, I was totally engaged the entire movie. Um, I didn't think that the ending was was mind blowing, but it was somewhat satisfying. Alison Brie does a really great job portraying Sarah, this character who's kind of like losing her shit and trying to figure out like what's going on with her. Um, apparently, Alison Brie's real life grandmother was affected by her uh, own mental illness, and and that was a big reason as to why Alison Brie wanted to get this movie made. There's a really good interview that she had with Uproxx about it, so uh, if you want to read that, check it out. Um, and she also kind of like pointed out in that interview that this isn't a movie about mental illness. She 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 was asked by Uproxx, "You've said that." this isn't specifically a mental illness story and there are a lot of other things going on here, but there's been a lot of good work in that space over the last few years though. So going into something where you're going to touch on those elements, what's the goal? And then she responded, I think our goal is for people to have different interpretations of the film and for people to really go on the experience with this character. We're sort of attempting to humanize mental illness and take people on Sarah's journey in an empathetic way rather than a judgmental way. The film is specifically designed for the audience to be in Sarah's shoes, not knowing what's real and what's not real. The same way she has trouble discerning dreams from reality. I just want people to have a real visceral experience while watching it. If they have questions when the movie's over, then we've done our job. And so, yeah, I, 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 I'll give it a high taste. It, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, and if, if anything that I'm saying kind of like, you're like, oh my, I, I kind of want to see this now, uh, keep this in mind. It's on Netflix. And when you're, it's called Horse Girl. If you're watching this in the film, there's, these shades of two colors. Uh, there's blue, gray, and peach that are used. And blue, gray is when Sarah is feeling more lucid. And then when you get peach, 
it's when she's less lucid. So I'm going to have to go back and watch the movie knowing that because, you know, I, this is stuff that I found out after the, in the interview and stuff like that after I watched uh, the movie. But uh, I really enjoyed this one. I thought Alison Brie was fantastic in this movie. Um, and uh, it's called Horse Girl, and I'll give it a high taste it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely. It's on Netflix. Check it out. There's no reason not to. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really good. I love Allison Brie. And it sounds like it was really tastefully well done. Yeah, it has me intrigued to, to go back and rewatch that first 45 minutes with, uh, with my girlfriend when we, when we decide to watch it. Yeah, I would, I would watch it. Uh, do you have anything else, Steve? <clears throat> um, uh, nothing. It's not super new, I guess. Um, I, I did watch the, uh, the circle on, on, on Netflix. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> the circle. Uh, that, that show is, is fantastic. Yeah. I just wish it was, a, I wish it was a little longer. Um, I feel like the, uh, the ending or the, the last couple episodes, it sort of wrapped up really quick and I wanted more, I guess, drama between the final five, but I mean, it, it, I enjoyed it overall, uh, for what it was. I'd give that, uh, I'd give that, uh, to, I'd say it's Tupperware. Uh, it's, it's definitely something that once they, if they continue to do it, I'm going to keep watching. Um, I also did watch 1917 and Parasite. Yeah. Um, I know, I know you've, you've discussed those already. Um, but I, I liked Parasite more, um, than, than 1917, but the, the cinematography in 1917 was like, just, ah, I was, it was, I'm a, I'm a sucker for long shots. So I, I liked that a lot. I'd give them, I'd give them both Tupperwares, um, they were both deserving of the awards and uh, that they did get and nominations they got. Um, oh, but yeah, the, Roger Deakins won the cinematography award. Yes, so, yes, yeah. he did. Uh, it, I, I feel like it's like a walk in the park for him to do that now too. Um, well, it's it's been a I, long time coming. He didn't get his first one until like what was it the the year before or something? You know, yeah. With with Blade he's Runner been nominated for I think over thirteen times. Yeah, and he won the twice now. I believe. I know it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the the guy is fucking amazing. Yes, he is. He 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 really really is. I mean, I I wasn't the biggest fan of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but that movie is one of the most spectacular visual movies to watch ever. Um and then on that note, the the one thing I really liked about Parasite was um, the the I, I watched it with uh, subtitles, which I feel like visually the movie did just as good of a job at storytelling as the subtitles did lending themselves to the story. Um, it was one of those movies where you you could almost get lost outside of what they're what they're talking about. And get the story from, you know, what's going on. It's just so well filmed and so well acted that it was just, I don't know. I just, I, I can't wait to watch it again. I rented it on Amazon, uh, for like three or four bucks, uh, yeah. last week, right before the Oscars. And I was like, this is like the one that needs to win. And it won. That was cool. I've, I've watched it a couple times now. And like, you know, it, the second watch is just as good. Cause like you kind of like, you're, you're watching it a different way. Cause you know what happens. 
Right. And so you're watching it, you know, from the beginning in the, in a different way. But I, yeah, it's a fucking fantastic movie. I would have been happy if either that or 1917 would have won, to be quite honest with you, because both are really, really fantastic films. So, yeah. Uh, so- yeah, they, they, they both are. I, 1917 does a good job of just going from like horrible to beautiful imagery, like transitioning back and forth between the yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, it's crazy. It's it it really is because it's like there are some really tender and beautiful moments in that movie, and it's set just during a horrible time. So, uh, Stranger Things four, we got the teaser trailer, and Jake, I, I don't even want to talk to you about that. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> I watched this. I know, but you don't give a fuck, right? I mean, I'm here to crack wise about it. Oh, fuck off, man. I cannot <laughs> wait. I cannot wait for this. Like, uh, we got, uh, you know, it looks like Hopper is, uh, imprisoned in this, uh, Russian, uh, camp and, and, and doing work with, uh, under these, uh, heavily armed Russian guards. And it gives us that confirmation that, you know, of course we knew that Hopper wasn't dead. Um, but, um, I'm, I don't know. I love season one, love season two, love season three. I can't wait for it. Yeah, this was an interesting choice of a way to promote season four. I I guess they probably were just getting bombed with people knowing obviously Hopper was going to be alive because that's pretty much all this trailer does is show you that and that he's like in Russia for whatever reason. So just a very interesting way to promote this show is just come right out and say Hopper's back. Rush has been a big part of the, the last season, so. Yeah, that's true. I I, I don't know if, I, I bet you they're still in the U.S. and it's just winter. <clears throat> I bet you they're getting away with it somewhere because they had a, they had a oh, big the thing. Of it. I got they, you. They, well, no, not the filming of it, the, uh, the actual, like, setting, because I feel like it'd be a stretch to get Hopper back with the main characters by putting him in Russia. I mean, I guess it's it's a show they can do whatever they want. They they had eleven go to Chicago, um, but I mean that was only from Indiana, so that's not that far. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I I was underwhelmed. I guess he's wearing a he, he's wearing a fucking Russian hat though. <laughs> that yeah. hat that hat he's wearing is like. It's a, it's a, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a, it's called a Yushanka hat. It's a, it's a Russian style hat. I mean, I the only credibility to my, to my opinion of it is the, uh, that, that, the Russians had a, had a huge lab underneath a mall. <laughs> I mean, that's, I guess the only reason that I would think that, that that would happen. But I mean, it definitely makes sense that he'd be out there, I suppose. We shall see. I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait for season four. Jake, I just want you to stop watching Stranger Things. Is like, I just. Oh, I, I'm way ahead of you. Good. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Because I, I just stop. Stop torturing I'm yourself. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was just so let down, man. I still I, love that first season. I just. Ugh. No, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I, I and but I, I, I don't know. I mean. I still love it. I still think it's great. I can't wait for season four. When is season four? Uh, there's no release date yet. Um, I'm guessing that it could be, 
If I had to guess, I would guess fall or winter of later this year. If I had to guess. Okay. But sure. there's, there's a little bit less of a break here than between two and three. Yeah. So there's no official date yet, though. But uh, let's, uh, that's all I got. That's all I got for Good Pop, Pat Pop, unless you guys got anything left. Yeah, let's talk some news. All right, here we go. Pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, got some quick news here. Godfather of Harlem and Avenue 5 both get a uh, season two renewal. So I'm very happy with uh, with both of those announcements. Been loved Godfather of Harlem on Epic's. Uh, with Vince, Vincent D'Onofrio and Forrest Whitaker. It's getting a season two. Avenue five. Really been enjoying that one. And it's also getting a season two. Also in quick news, uh, you can pre-order the Quibi app. Yes, Quick Bites, Quibi. It's going to be launched on April 6th, but, uh, you can, uh, click, you can look it up in the iTunes shit and you can, uh, download the, the, pre-order the Quibi app and it doesn't it you don't get an icon on your fucking phone but I think no I did it too yeah you get nothing you just get a notification when the actual app with the icon on your phone will be available yeah so I'm just letting people know if they want to oh no I I know I was just yeah I actually went through the process and I, I became a Quibi insider after oh, the uh, Super Bowl commercial. I've been a Quibi insider for quite a while. I went to the, the, the website and signed up for that Quibi insider bullshit. They send me emails all the time. Yeah, I, I now get bombed by Quibi emails myself. I'm actually a lot more um, excited about Quibi than I was last time we talked about it. I, I'm still outraged at the amount they expect you to pay for it. Right. But I think a lot of the content does look very promising. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I'm there too. Uh, got Knives Out 2 news from Collider. Uh, Ryan Johnson says the Knives Out sequel will have a new cast, setting, and mystery. Goes on to say, yesterday we learned that Lionsgate was given a green light to a new Knives Out movie with Ryan Johnson set to write and direct. Details on the prequel are still scarce since Johnson hasn't even started writing, writing it yet. However, he, he went on the, uh, Jess Cagle show. That guy's named after an exercise for a woman's vagina. I knew we were going there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was named after it. I think it's an unfortunate thing that happened to him. So you think, uh, what came, what came first? The, the Kegel or the Kegel? Um, not the person. And I don't think the parents knowingly named him that. So the parents have completely different last names, and they just, they're like, we're going to name our kid after a vagina. No, I, I don't think i don't think he was willingly named after the vagina exercise. I like to think that he was. I like to think that the parents, <laughs> the parents have, like, the last name of, like, Smith or something. And Jones. they're like, they're like, yeah. And they're just like, we're going to name our kid after a an exercise uh, on a woman's vagina. Yeah, that's pretty, to keep that pretty shit, terrible. To keep that shit tight and taut. Is Gwyneth Paltrow involved? Probably. Probably. <laughs> it 
She's probably involved. What the fuck, man? I get goop. That, that fucking the Goop Lab fucking show. Who the, the fuck is lab. watching that shit? I watched the no first one. ep. I watched the first episode, and I was like, "This is garbage." <laughs> this is fucking garbage. And Knives Out, Jess Cagle show. He got on the Jess Cagle show. Oh, I, I I could not be on the Jess Cagle show and not address his last name. Oh, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Oh shit, is Jess a guy or a girl? And now I'm, you know what I mean? Like, am I am I putting my foot in my mouth here? Could be either. Could be either. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Man, that's an exercise guys don't do. Like, there's no male version of the Kegel. You don't do penis crunches. How do you pe- how do you do penis crunches? I just made it up. I don't know. What, what's the shifting noise going on? Who's shifting over there? We got Tristan on this. Me, maybe my maybe my headphones are being weird. I don't know. Are you doing kegels over there? What the fuck? <laughs> no, I'm doing penis scrunches. Penis crunches? Scrunches. Scrunches? Scrunches? That's not even a fucking exercise. Crunches are an exercise. You can do crunches. Crunches are like an ab exercise. You know, you're doing scrunches? What the fuck is that? That's what my penis does. It's a smaller now, version. Yeah. There's no such thing as a scrunch. <laughs> penis scrunches. I, while I'm doing my scrunches, I'm eating schnozberries. Ah, ah. schnozberries <laughs> taste like schnozberries. That reminds me of the Tenacious D dick push-ups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cock push-ups. <laughs> anyway, what, do you, what do you got here? Anyway, he's on this fucking uh, vagina exercise show, and he was talking about he was talked about how fans can expect everything to be different other than the return of Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a completely new, uh, mystery, uh, completely different cast, but Benoit Blanc is coming back. And, uh, I loved the, uh, what was it? The, um, he was asked, they were at knives out the, the Twitter for knives out was asking for, uh, title suggestions. And, uh, Oh, that was hilarious. I fucking loved the, um, it was uh, Boss Logic did a art for Knives In, and he spelled the I N N like an in. So this takes place kind of like a, you know, like a, like an inn for people to stay at. You know, like where, like a hotel, like a hotel. Yeah, and Knives In. I love that. I thought that that was awesome. That's part Knives Out, Knives In. Yeah, yeah that's that's a, that's a super cool idea. Or hang out with your Knives Out. I like that one too. <laughs> that's mine. But um, yeah, Knives In. I love that one, and he, ma- he even made a fucking poster for it. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, Knives Out 2 on Twitter has been going crazy, and it's been trending a few times in the last few weeks. Uh, There was a lot of buzz with um, Ryan Johnson sitting with Adam Driver at the post-Oscars party. A lot of people are theorizing that he was basically casting Adam Driver and Knives Out 2 during that conversation. Well, I mean, well, I mean, they could, they could be doing a lot of things. They, you know, he fucking directed him in The Last Jedi, so. Yeah, yeah, and along those lines, I've seen a lot of people pushing for Kelly Marie Tran to be part of Knives Out too. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. I yeah. I, I I can't wait for the sequel. It's like one of the sequels that, like, a lot of people are just you know, like a lot of movies come out and people are like, I, yeah, let's just. I don't need any more. And <laughs> 
You know, normally, I'm that person, but I, I know I you are. Asked for this movie when we talked about. Knives I remember Out. this is what you asked for. You said like I want to have fucking Benoit Blanc come back, and then like a completely like new mystery and shit. But yeah, I get it. Like, there's so many. Uh, that's that's the thing to do. It's like, oh, it's just, the movie was perfect. I want a one and done. I don't need any more. Like, I get it. I'm sick of trilogies. I don't need. Any I get it. You know, but in, in this case, like, I want Knives Out too. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. I want more Benoit Blanc. I fucking love Daniel Craig as that character. D- D- Steve, did you see Knives Out? Or are you working? Were you working during uh, no. that? <laughs> no, I saw it. Um, I, I saw it, but it was it was like underwhelming for me because I had it spoiled right before I saw it. Oh fuck! It are you like, kidding me? Yeah, it was it was like a vague spoil. Like they, they like they they said some they said something that spoiled it, and then they backtracked, and I was like, I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, I'm not stupid. I caught that. Like, yeah. so I went into it sort of knowing what happened or knowing what who who it was going to be or what it was going to be at the end. And I just, I, I I really enjoyed the movie. Daniel Craig is a fantastic character actor. Um, there was that one. Uh, uh, was it Steve Soderbergh? The there was a racing movie that he was in. He was like a an ex con that had just gotten out of prison. Oh, he was Lucky, like, uh, the the Logan Lucky. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah, like that movie is proof that Daniel Craig can play these wacky characters. You know, right? He carried that movie so much. He for did. Me. He really did. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, God, yeah. That like you know, I, it, it, one of the like we haven't like it, that movie featured him and Channing Tatum, and it's like Channing Tatum has what's Channing Tatum doing? What's he doing? He doing anything? He's, working, uh, he's probably doing penis scrunches, working on his abs and his dick or something. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck uh, is he doing? He's hard on the gam- working hard on the Gambit film. Oh, fuck you. I want that Gambit <laughs> film. I, <laughs> I still, it's going to be a seven-hour epic. I, I want that fucking Gambit film. Christ. He's training. What's he, what's he training for? That's what I, God damn throw it. cards. He was. I love those. Uh, the Twenty One Jump Street movies were fantastic. Those Phil Lord yes. Chris. They, they were great, oh, yeah, weren't they? Are good. This, I think the second one's even better than the first one. I love them. It is. I, I love them both. I, I think they're fantastic, man. And I was hoping that they were going to do that. Fucking. I, I honestly think that they should have done that. That, that should have been the Man in Black movie that we got. Whereas they, they oh, anything would have been better than the fucking vanilla ass shit we did get. That was crap. Oh my god! And you get like, see, that's the thing. It's like if you're gonna get fucking Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth to be in a movie together, then you gotta have Taika Waititi direct Men in Black, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounded so good on paper, but woof. I mean, it was it was terrible. The yeah. villain really drug it down. It became every fucking movie you've ever seen by the last twenty minutes. It was it was awful. Yeah, it's craptastic. Uh, Knives Out 2. Can't wait for fucking Knives Out 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Knives Out's out on digital now, and they do indeed have the commentary track that you talked about previously on the podcast. Yeah. You could listen to while you watch it in the theater. And they have a second Ryan Johnson audio track. Well, shit. That's a whole brand new commentary, and I guess he's, like, calling up different cast members during it and talking to them. When's the physical copy come? I'm going to buy the physical copy. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm oblivious to when physical copies come out. My guess is it would be in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's usually it's, about two to three weeks. About digital. two weeks, yeah, after. So, it, probably next week it'll come out. So, I'll look for it on Tuesday. If not next week, then 100% the week after. Yeah. Uh, let's move into Marvel news. How's that sound, little fuck nuggets? 
Yeah, I'm down. I'll stop doing penis crutches for that. Okay. I'm down for anything. Cool. Marvel news. Marvel news. This episode sucks. Right? That's not so bad. It's pretty good. What? What are you talking about, dude? Hey, Steve, how's this episode doing, Chief? I mean, at this rate, my track record is every episode I've been on sucks. No, so. that's bullshit. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit right there, Everyone, dude. There's been at least one good one. No, there's been at least two or three episodes that Steve's been on that I have fucking had a blast having Steve on. Yeah, I. you're right. You're not wrong. This one, not so much. <laughs> I... I could be a little bit more talkative, I suppose, but I always feel like that when I'm on your show. So, dude, it's no, it's fine. It's fine. Like you are kind of like the equivalent of having sex with Megan Fox. You just need to be there. Oh wow, was that was that a mean thing to say? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I feel, I, I, you seem I, I was very like, flattered. Uh, yeah, I'm a little flattered. Wow. <laughs> oh, I think I, I think I pissed off a bunch of women though. That might have happened. Yeah, there goes our fucking Megan Fox stand crowd. Yeah, look at her thumb. Google Megan Fox's thumbs. <laughs> if I haven't, I've said that a hundred times on I these know, podcasts. I know, Megan Fox's thumb is basically part of our fucking candidate. Yeah. I was going to say throw paper bag over her thumbs. Oh my God. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> I, I want to actually, I, I don't, it's not having sex with her. I just want to, I want to have, I want to thumb wrestle her. <laughs> Yeah, You'll, for sure. One, two, three, four. She's yeah, got like every time. She's got like the Peter Dinklage of thumbs. She's got Danny DeVito for thumbs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she totally does. <laughs> oh man, offensive, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, get it. Funny. Jesus Christ. Uh, Marvel news. Hold on. You know, I I think like, uh, you ever like, uh, you ever watch like movies from our, you know, like when we were growing up that like portray the future and like they, all the shit that they get wrong about the future. Cause like, like I robot for sure. Like we're, um, back to the future part two. What are people not doing in back to the future part two, Jake? Uh, using crazy pizza ovens to make Pizza Hut pizza? No, that's what they are doing. What are they not doing in Back to the Future 2? Oh, um, social media. Yeah, they're not doing social media. They're not fucking looking at their, nobody's carrying a cell phone, looking at their cell phone. No, they got the smart TVs dead on in Back to the Future 2. Yeah, but like nobody's seriously watching fucking picture in picture with nine panels. It looks like a fucking page of the Watchmen. You know what I mean? Yes, true. But hold on. You know what else? You know what they're not doing in Blade Runner? You know what they're not doing in Back to the Future Part 2? Nobody's vaping. There's no vaping. (laughs) No, it's already illegal there. What the fuck? Well, here's the thing. It's like, don't you think that we need to go back, that they need to go back? George Lucas fucked with his movies all the time, right? We got fucking Ewoks blinking and shit, right? 
you wouldn't have put giant vape clouds in classic movies. I want yes, I want back. <laughs> I want <laughs> back to the. I want Back to the Future Part Two: The Vape Cut. <laughs> I used vaping to quit smoking, but I'm not one of those big vape cloud tricks or none of that people. I just yeah. What you don't have yeah. a fucking you don't have one of those huge ass fucking batteries or whatever the fuck that those guys. I, robot dicks. I do, but I don't like. I just have like cheap shit thrown together. I had like a tank that holds liquid and a battery that powers it, and that's about all I really give a shit about. But there's a guy that sit ne- sits next to me at work that every five minutes when he's hitting his, he's got to take his tank of juice and squirt some more in on the wick because of the way his is built, and he's all into like the mods, and I'm just like, that's ah, too much for me. Like I'm, it's it like it's something I shouldn't even be doing. Mm. I, don't know. I just want some damn nicotine. I don't want to be a nuclear physicist. Right. Like that's like, like my my company pays me a bonus to quit to have quit smoking cigarettes. So that's what kind of got me onto it. Even though I'm still addicted to nicotine, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> wow, they pay you a bonus to quit smoking. Yes. Oh my gosh. Huh. That's interesting. They, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, more or less. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I want vape cuts of movies, like Blade Runner, the <laughs> vape cut. You know what I mean? Like shit that's supposed to be set in the future. You know what I mean? Nobody's vaping. <laughs> Lost like tears in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's happening in this part? I don't know. It's the vape cut. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it smell like fucking strawberry fields? Uh, it's the vape cut. I want to see the whole movie was hazy. I don't get it. I want to see Pineapple Express the vape cut. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on into Marvel news. Uh, Marvel quick news: James Gunn on Instagram confirmed what we've all known forever. Because I believe he's confirmed it before, and I don't know why this, this was news this week. But he confirmed again to a fan that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is, in fact, still going to take place after the events of Avengers Endgame. Uh, but then he also said this. He, he answered the question. He's like, yeah, it takes place after Avengers Endgame. Because, yeah, okay. The other movies took place in the past. You know, not not past past, but what was it, 2014? You know, so like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's more that the second movie didn't move forward, right? The first one sure. took place when it took place, but then when they did the sequel, it took place right after the first one. Uh, Isn't to, that how it worked? I don't know. I think like even the first one took place more in the past. Okay, you might be right about that. I think both of them kind of took place in the past, but this is what, this is going to catch us up. And even more so because like the Avengers Endgame timeline moves five years ahead in the future from even like our timeline. I just so. thought the Thanos stuff did happen post Avengers. Like Guardians 1 does take place post Avengers. Mm-hmm. Right? Guardians 1 takes place post. I don't. No, I don't. No, I. I I don't think so, but I, I don't know. Thanos has already done his shit where he like helped Loki out and because we get the collector stuff that kind of already confirms some of the infinity gym exposition. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. We don't know. It's not like we do a show on 
pop culture and talk about Marvel every week. <laughs> no, yeah, I, just, I thought Guardians 1 did take place chronologically, hmm. but then Guardians 2 did not do that. I just want, I Gar- I want Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, the vape cut. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I, I want the mist, the vape cut, so you don't know what's the fucking tentacle mist or just the vapor. Yeah. Uh, he, he also answered a question. Somebody asked him, he said, uh, did Infinity War and Endgame cause change to the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 script? And this, I, I feel like he's been asked this before too. And he, anyway, he, he responded, no, I was an executive producer on those movies and I knew the scripts before I wrote volume three. So <laughs> that's no. kind of a shitty answer. Like the, the better question is, did the Infinity War and Endgame scripts affect the writing of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, to which right. the answer is obviously yes. Yes, because of, like, what the position that they put Gamora in. Yeah. Yeah. So and I don't know. It's kind of a snob. As much of a James Gunn fan as I am, that's kind of a snobby answer to that question. Or oh. just a poorly asked question. Well, and it's it's and he, he puts a lot of stock into executive producers. Zack Snyder's still an executive producer on, like, fucking Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It very much, like, no, it did not affect anything because I was in the know and knew that that story was going to happen. So I already wrote this story knowing what was going to happen in this movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, yeah, I need more snide Jake. <laughs> I, I need uh, Jake. I need more of that. Where has, where has snide Jake been hiding? Where have you been? Little fella, get over he's here. Always, he's always there somewhere. Oh, get over here, fella. Get over here. No, I have one more person. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm going to hand him a Kit Kat right now. You're a good boy. <laughs> I like Snide Jake. Um, news from Dark Horizons. In the wake of yesterday's report that Marvel Studios is in talks with Sam Raimi to helm Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Variety is reporting. Yeah, we're going to talk about Sam Raimi. Chill the fuck out. Variety has also reported that uh, actress Rachel McAdams will not be returning for the follow-up. McAdams portrayed Dr. Christine Palmer, a former flame and now colleague of Dr. Stephen Strange. Uh, She tried to help him deal with his injuries in early scenes. Uh, Later, once uh, he's a source, blah, 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 we've seen Dr. Strange. Here's the the big story here is that uh, Rachel McAdams. No, Rachel McAdams. Dude, here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. We don't need her for the multi, in the multiverse of madness, but, and honestly, I don't even know if we needed her in that first movie, but I, I love Rachel McAdams. I think, I, I kind of fell in love with her in game night. She was so good in game night. Yeah, she's great, but I agree with you. Honestly, I, I basically forgot she was even in the first movie. Sure. I don't, we don't Which need, until we're talking about this. Dude, we don't need her in the second fucking movie. But I, I do, I don't want to just say, ah, fuck Rachel McAdams. She's a, you know, she's nothing. No, she's Mick Awesome. I loved her in Game Night. I thought she was hilarious. I loved her, um, uh, her, her with, uh, Jason Bateman in that movie. I thought she's fantastic. But yeah, I, I think like for what we're doing here, we're going to get a movie with, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who's going to be, uh, you know, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. And uh, this movie is going to be, be tying in with the WandaVision series. It's also going to be tying in very closely with the Loki TV series for Disney Plus. Both of those series. 
this story just doesn't really need her character. Uh, I, it, no, it makes sense with the comic too. I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of how it goes there too. I mean, Doctor Strange is a character that really doesn't have time for romantic relationships for the most part, and it's always kind of a a special thing when anything like that is is happening, which was very rare in the comics. No time for love, Doctor Jones. Man, dude's got to protect fucking the fabric of reality. That's what I say. French and behind oh, the seats. Dude, is, wouldn't that be a fucking awesome... We just had Valentine's Day. Wouldn't that be an awesome fucking Valentine's Day card? No time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Do you guys think in Doctor Strange 2 that he's going to start vaping? Uh, <laughs> I think that's how he fucking gets to the different uh, multiverses. Yeah, he goes to a multiverse with, with Steven Dorf <laughs> using, using those blue cigs. Yeah. He goes to a multiverse where people take up smoking to stop vaping. It's real fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> take this rumor with a huge grain of salt. This one comes from CheatSheet.com, Captain Marvel 2 will reportedly introduce this X-Men character as an adversary. Did you guys see this rumor? Yeah, are we yada, yada, yada past the Sam Raimi stuff? No, we're going to get the Sam Raimi. Chill the fuck okay. out. Jesus okay. Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'm I'm down for the uh, – I, I have seen this rumor. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it too. Captain Marvel 2 will reportedly introduce Rogue, according to Marvel Insider Mikey Sutton, who's an adult man and still goes by Mikey. Oh, jeez. <laughs> No, seriously. Like, you're fucking... Is Mikey Sutton like a 12-year-old? Marvel Insider Mikey Sutton, is he 12? If he's 12, then that's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. If he's 12, then that works. Yeah, but if he's 38, if he's a 38-year-old man, he's going by Mikey Sutton. I don't know. I don't know, Jake. Yeah, it, it's fucked up. Can you imagine <laughs> if Michael Jordan went by Mikey Jordan? Yeah, Mikey Jordan. I'm Mikey Jordan. I'm Mikey Jordan. Do you think Mikey? <laughs> do you think Mikey Sutton's still holding on to his V card? You think this? Guy, like who? The, like <laughs> yeah. oh, seriously? Like who? What? What chick is riding this guy's dick? Saying, "Oh, Mikey, oh, Mikey, he likes it." You know, like what the fuck? <laughs> Jake, you got that joke. That was an '80s fucking Mikey. No, he likes it. Was it? Was it? Was that Chex? Was that Chex cereal? Life, life cereal. Life cereal. Life, you can be a winner at the game of life. Unless your name's Mikey, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, uh, this I is, you just crossed over the life game with the life cereal there. That was cool. I know. I seriously, my mind is all over the place. The life multiverse. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I was gonna dazzle you with my words at the beginning of the episode, and that's what I should <laughs> have done here. Uh, this Finally. Is, what the fuck? Uh, my cat. What are you doing, dude? Love you. <laughs> you're, you're a handsome cat. Um, this is reported on by Superhero Buzz. Rogue will be one of the first X-Men characters to join the MCU. Superhero Buzz, noting Sutton's credible past, stated, the first X-Men fans we'll see in the MCU may be one of the most unexpected ones, at least to be initially introduced. Sutton has heard from several inside sources that Rogue is being developed to be a key figure in reviewing the X-Men under the intense vision of Kevin Feige. Just like your comic book debut, Rogue will appear as a villain, a member of the mutant terrorist group. And, uh, yeah, so uh, 
If reading the scoop above, you likely assume that the terror, terrorist group is Magneto's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. However, this exact narrative extension remains undetermined. Sutton was told the name might be shortened, and Feige allegedly wants to place Magneto on the shelf due to Fox burnout. Though Rogue may be joining the MCU as a villain and as part of the mutant terrorist group fans are familiar with, this group and the members associated with it may not all appear or may appear in different iterations with adjusted stories as to avoid replicating the Fox plots that have been overused. So yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Rogue showing up in Captain Marvel 2? I think it's super cool. I mean, obviously, if they do that, we're going to give Rogue her flying powers the way she got them in the comic book, which is something the nerd comic book fans have complained about for years from the Fox X-Men movies, that we didn't have any of that background or canon. I think it's a really cool idea and a really interesting way to introduce an X-Men early on to the MCU. I kind of love it. Yeah, is that that what they're going to do here? Is they're just going to kind of just kind of like sprinkle them in? I don't know. It's it's just that's the part that makes it hard to believe, right? Yeah, it's it's the introduction of the mutants. It does seem like an easy rumor to make up because of how fan servicey it is. It is something that people have kind of clamored for for a long time, even before the MCU existed. Yeah, you know, a few people wanted fucking Captain Marvel to show up in the Fox X Men movies before the MCU even existed. So I. I can very easily see it as something that was made up, and, and you make up a great point as to the evidence that it could have been. It's like this isn't is kind of a not so subtle way to introduce the mutants. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. now we're a terrorist organization, and we've got mutants. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I kept, I, I, I like it. it. <clears throat> well, I just kept thinking that, and we'll get to this later, but. I just kept thinking that Captain Marvel 2 is going to be leading up to kind of like an invasion event. And we said that after yeah, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I thought Marvel. we were going to get more scrolls, yeah. more Kree, more, yeah. you know, potentially Shi'ar. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I, I, it'd be interesting to see the Shi'ar brought into all of this. I've always assumed they were owned by Fox. They were. They were. because They were owned by Fox because in the Dark Phoenix movie, I believe that they originally had – those characters, some of those characters being Shi'ar. So, yeah. Yeah, one of the most underused properties by Fox. Like, they, there yeah. was just a, a wealth of stuff they could have done with right. Shi'ar and all of their, those different characters that yeah. the MCU would be wise to use because um, you brought up kind of the Fox fatigue. Is that what you called it? Yeah, Fox with burnout. Magneto. Fox burnout. Fox burnout with yeah. uh, Magneto. And I, the Shi'ar make a perfect thing to kind of mine from because that's, that's stuff that they didn't use it all. I'd love to see fucking Gladiator show the fuck up and like, you know, get into a fight with Thor and just a lot of those those kind of things. I, I keep wondering if like the first mutant that we're going to see show up is going to be Namor in Black Panther 2. I love that idea because that's always kind of been one of those things where people have always it's been an argument as to what character is the first mutant in the comic books. And Namor is kind of what a lot of people argue is. Yeah. So I think that would be really cool. Well, and there was that line from Okoye in, and, and, and the Russo brothers said, oh, it meant nothing, blah, blah, blah. No, like, you know, the earthquake in the ocean, like the rumble in the ocean, whatever. And like people were speculating like, oh, that was Atlantis and there's something going on with, you know, Atlanteans near Wakanda and there's going to be a big battle between the Wakandans and the Atlanteans. 
And the Russo brothers, of course, said no. And of course they would. They're fucking liars. You can't fucking trust them. They're fucking liars. They're f- the Russo brothers are my fucking ex-wife while we're going through our divorce. <laughs> and they're just going to tell me whatever the fuck the, I, they think that I want to fucking hear. Right? I True. mean, with the difference being at the end, there's going to be a good payoff and reason for it. There was no good payoff or reason for anything my ex-wife did, Jake. That's I, I know. I that's exactly what I'm saying. That's the difference between <laughs> your your ex-wife and the Russo brothers. Oh, that's the difference. Thank you. That's the marble difference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be you'll, you'll feel a lot better to find out why they were lying and deceiving you than you yeah. did with your ex-wife. Variety is reporting that Black Mirror star, uh, Black Mirror Santa, uh, San Junipero star actor Gugu Mavatha Raw is joining the Loki series. I love this actor. I think she's fantastic. Uh, she's been in a ton of shit, but, uh, she's joining the Loki series. Did you guys see that news? Yeah. I did not. I did. We might have some details about who she's playing in the Loki series. And this rumor, it comes from Daniel Rickman. This is uh, Daniel Rickman on Twitter. He goes by Daniel RPK on Twitter. He's had some really good scoops in the past. He goes on to say, okay, so Loki is about time travel. TVA is involved. I'll get to TVA, TVA here in a moment, guys. Anyway, he goes on to say, looks like they'll, they'll capture him at first, but then we'll use him to get them to get the villain. Uh, Gugu's character is considered a co-lead. She's in six episodes. She's a leader. And they were looking at men for the role as well as meaning she's likely playing the leader of TVA, who's a man in the comics, Mr. Alternity. Uh, Luke, uh, uh, Owen Wilson, excuse me, Owen Wilson's character is set to appear in four episodes. He's likely playing Justice Peace. So, that was the rumor from Daniel RPK saying that she's going to be a leader of the TVA, that uh, that Owen Wilson is also going to be a member of the TVA playing Justice Peace. What is the TVA? TVA stands for Time Variance Authority, and they are a group of timeline monitors. What did I say a few weeks ago? What have I been saying? Fuck, what have I been saying since this fucking uh, show got announced that it's probably going to be kind of like a quantum leap thing where he's leaping through time and shit. What did I say a couple weeks ago? I, w- I kind of wanted to see Luke Wilson. Luke, I keep saying Luke, wanting to say Luke Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson playing. Because fucking Owen Wilson hasn't been in shit in years. And Luke Wilson's been the only one acting. Anyway. Uh, but Owen Wilson, I kind of wanted to see him be kind of like a time cop and trying to hunt down Loki. But anyway, the TVA, that organization, they're a group of timeline monitors. They claim responsibility for monitoring the multiverse and can prune timelines if they're deemed too dangerous to exist. They also take action to prevent other beings from altering the past or future. They were first seen allowing Justice Peace, a lawman from the future, to travel to the 20th century in order to stop the killer Zaniac. Peace is able to succeed in his mission thanks to the assistance of Thor. Despite their claims, the TVA's influence over time is not absolute. 
The scope of their influence is bordered by Alioth in the distant past, as well as Kang the Conqueror, the Delubrate Consortium, and Revelation at different eras throughout the timescape. There have also been numerous incidents of time travel or reality tampering where the TVA has failed to interfere. At the end of time, the last director of the TVA creates the Timekeepers, the last three beings who exist in the remaining timeline in the universe. However, this process also ends up creating the Time Twisters, a trio of beings who imperialed uh, all realities until stopped by Thor and other members of the Avengers. The TVA are next seen utilizing the law firm She-Hulk works for on several instances. Jake, we're getting a She-Hulk TV series. Weird how this all kind of like lines up if they were to go this route. But, um, yeah, the TVA is basically the monitor timelines. And so it looks like if, if Daniel Rickman's, uh, rumor here is correct, Gugu Mabatha Raw is going to be one of the heads of the TVA. And Owen Wilson is also going to be Justice Peace, another member of the TVA. Gugu Mabatha Raw playing Mr. Reality. But in this, she'll just probably be called um, Alternity. She'll probably just be called Alternity or something, you know? Yeah, I've got a question. Yeah. If his, if his name was Danny Rickman, would you trust this at all? Oh, oh, this is back to the Mikey bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, are, we, why, are, we, why are we revisiting that crap? I don't, I, I don't think it worked the first time. Why are we fucking, seriously, why are we, why are we dipping our toes into that fucking water again, huh? No, I mean, is Danny as much of a step down from Daniel as Mikey is from, I, Danny. I don't think so, right? Danny's a bit more acceptable. Danny is fine if, if it's a woman and her name is D-A-N-I. Danny is fine. But if it's a guy named Danny, I don't know so much, man. Like, I might let a Danny work on my fucking car. You know what I mean? Mm. A guy a Danny named- with an eye. <laughs> For, for I was thinking about that too earlier. For me, it's it's Joey. Like outside of like Italian guys named Joey, like anything else just seems kind of weird. Well, uh, no offense to anybody named Joey. No, I I baby kangaroos are fine. I love I them. Right. <laughs> Jake, we always go for the lowest hanging fruit fucking bullshit jokes. <laughs> I was gonna say no offense to baby kangaroos. No offense to baby kangaroos. Christ. Do you, what, Captain Kangaroo, did he have any kids? And I guarantee somebody called him Joey's. <laughs> yeah, I can't fact check that, but I can't fact check that he did call him Joey's. Captain Kangaroo, he's, he died. Um, must have. He's gotta be dead. But dude, he didn't get no fucking like Mr. Rogers treatment, right? Like no, no, yeah, yeah, nothing even near it. He must have been a real jerk in real life. What the fuck, man? Like Mr. Rogers dies, gets fucking a you know multiple documentaries. I've seen at least two documentaries on him. Gets a Tom Hanks playing him, Captain Kangaroo. Captain, might as well call him Captain Kangapoo because nobody gives a fucking shit about him. (laughs) Captain Kanga, who gives a fuck? Yeah, Captain, Captain, (laughs) go fuck yourself. You want to talk about stolen valor? Talk about Captain Kangaroo. No, you know legit captain. No, no. Where's He's your... about as much of a captain as Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, no shit. Or Captain fucking Crunch. 
I think Captain Crunch is more of a captain than either of them. Captain, no. Captain Crunch is fucking dressed like an admiral, but he goes by captain? That's stolen valor, bro. I think he was demoted. He looks like an admiral. Look at that fucking hat. That's no, like no a- I agree. I agree. Yeah, but why are you still, if he's demoted, why are you still fucking going by captain? He hasn't taken the news well. That's, that's stolen valor, bro. <laughs> captain is serial. Get the fuck out of here. Get the General Mills. Get, you're not yeah, even a real general. That's stolen. General Mills? That's not even a real general. That's stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> surprised the military doesn't just fucking get super pissed off at these serial companies. <laughs> they should. Captain Between Captain Crunch and General Mills, this is dumb. I hate all of this. Danny. Back on Danny. I don't know about Danny. What do you, Daniel Rickman with this. Uh, I, 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 I'm buying this one. I'm buying this one. I think this is, I think this sounds legit. Yeah, I, I buy it too. I buy it too. That's why I was just not even the Danny can shake you on this one. It does sound legit. Nothing in here sounds so fan servicey that it would kind of make me sniff out a bullshit story. This this just sounds like like pure fact here. Steve, when do you hang up Danny and go by Dan? When um, do you hang? What what age? What age are you doing that, man? Ooh, for me, it's a real young age. Like my mom, like I'm Steve. My mom called me stevie when i was young yeah i i told her at like i think seven is when i finally told her i had the balls to say like hey it's steve stop calling me stevie wow seven years old yeah did you like grab her by like her collar and pull her in (laughs) no no i just she she was like oh you don't like stevie and i was like no i don't like it was a peaceful conversation it wasn't like a I wasn't being a dick, and she didn't get all offended. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can see <laughs> yeah. that. You're seven years old. She's calling you Stevie in front of your friends. Right. I'd be having a talk with mom, too. Yeah, like my mom, and not to mention the, the rat tail she made me wear, uh, and that that came off at seven, too. That was, I was like, nah, 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 nah. no more. <laughs> that was like your generation's mullet. Yeah, it was. It was. That, was, that would have been 95, so. Fucking rat tails, man. Hmm. Anyway, Daniel Rickman had more fucking uh, rumors this week, and uh, this one involves Secret Invasion. I kind of alluded to that earlier. Uh, if you go back and listen to our Captain Marvel episode, we talked about the sequel kind of like wanting that to be Captain Marvel colon Secret Invasion. I talked about how, you know, we got Captain America the First Avenger, you know, and then we got Captain America, you know, uh, Winter Soldier, but then Captain America Civil War. I, I felt like We've got our new captain here. I felt like by the sequel, and it very much felt like we could leave it lead into Secret Evasion. I didn't think like Secret Evasion would gonna, was going to be like the next Avengers event, but I felt like everything that we saw in you know the Captain Marvel movie, you know, with uh, with the scrolls, I was like, okay, this could lead to Secret Evasion, and I felt like uh, you know the next the next Captain Marvel movie could be leading into this. Daniel's rumor. This is courtesy of comic book uh, comic book. Uh, comicbook.com it goes on to say not too long ago we heard that Marvel Studios might be developing a secret invasion TV series for Disney Plus and another rumor is now uh, now surfaced that claims it is indeed happening read on for details as you may recall a report surfaced last month courtesy of Bleeding Cool which claimed that Marvel Studios is developing
developing a secret invasion TV series for DV, uh, Disney Plus streaming service. Now, through online scooper Daniel Rickman is also reporting that it's in the works, but notes that the plan is for it to lead directly into Captain Marvel 2. The Kree and Scrolls would both play a role, as would Sword, the organization which looks to set to make its MCU debut in WandaVision. We, and that's been confirmed. We know that S.W.O.R.D. is going to make it's like, uh, we saw a little bit of S.W.O.R.D. at the end of Captain Marvel, what we believed was S.W.O.R.D. Now they're going to make their proper debut in WandaVision. Uh, so yeah, it looks like, um, we're going to be getting that. This is the rumor, but um, I'm I, Jake. Are you buying this one that that, that we're going to get a S- Secret Invasion TV I do series? Buy it. I, I I think it's they're basically trying to do what Netflix tried to do with like the Defenders thing. I think that's a good end game is to have a big must see Marvel event happen on the streaming service. Is it featuring scrolls though? Actors playing scrolls. Like, are you getting Ben Mendelsohn to reprise his role for this series? I think it's doable. I, I do too. I I'm not like, like he's done. He did yeah. Bloodline on Netflix. He's doing The Outsider on fucking HBO right now. And if you can have him come back and do this, uh, if you can have like these actors that are playing these scrolls in the Captain Marvel movie come back and do this show, I I, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think. It, it makes it kind of must-see TV by having one of the big events, one of the big Civil War, Infinity War, whatever events happening on the streaming service. I mean, that's anyone who's not subscribing will subscribe. I'm hearing the, the big rumor that I'm hearing is that in this series, what they could do is, you know, like we've always talked about, like what characters could have been scrolls this whole time since scrolls have been introduced in the 90s i don't know like i i don't I, i'm not buying like the whole some of these characters that people are throwing out there like i like we had ray on our show you know months ago and ray's sending me messages about black widow being a scroll and she'll come back and blah 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 and ray no fucking way. i love you ray but i i told you it sounded terrible and i still think it's terrible and the the whole like Black Widow and Hawkeye fighting at the end of, you know, you know, to to to, to die and to to leap off, you know, and and to, and to kill themselves, you know, on uh, Vormir, like that just seems meaningless. If it was a scroll the whole time, I fucking hate that, dude. Why would the scroll have done that in the first? Place? Yeah, it, like, it, what it, would the, the scroll's motivation to yeah, do any of that be? It makes zero sense to me. But anyway. Like, who who could they be replacing? I think, like, the rumor that I'm hearing that I kind of like is, like, the scrolls might look to replace Wong while Strange yeah. is gone. And so, like, Wong has been left alone to guard the Sanctum Centaurum. So if there are, like, you know, kind of, like, rogue scrolls that are, that are bad or whatever, they might replace Wong. So that when Strange comes back... This is, it's, it's, it's not, it's the, it's the wrong Wong. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if the scrolls are going to invade properly, they'd want to keep tabs on Dr. Strange. Right. So 
replacing Wong would be a very smart tactical move by them. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's going to be a lot of the auxiliary characters that you're going to find out more than likely are scrolls. I could easily see fucking Cat Dealey being a scroll. Oh, Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings being a scroll this whole time. Yeah. Cat Dealey. She's the fucking host from like, so you want to dance or whatever. So you think you can dance. <laughs> <laughs> you watch some stupid shit, dude. Yeah, I don't. I haven't watched that shit for over a decade. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll let you, I'll let you get away with it. Yeah, and I don't, I've never watched Dancing with the Stars a single time. I haven't right? either. Uh, do you watch that mass Singer that everybody's fucking jerking off over? Uh, I tried to watch the first episode of the second season because of all the jerking off happening. I yeah. wanted to see if I could get in on that circle. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that circle's not for me. I, I can't stand it. I don't I just see the commercials and I'm like, oh, my God. People love – people like this? This is – this is fucking dumb. It's obnoxious. And like, but, and the celebrities are like match game celebrities too, where it's like, they're like real DF-less celebrities for the most part, it feels like. And it's that, like, really? I'm, I'm supposed to guess that it's fucking Hell Sparks under the fucking rooster mask? Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, Brianna watches that show and I, like, I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not gonna watch this with you. Like, I can't, I can't do it. It's, yeah. it's too dumb. Good for you grabbing your dick and saying no. <laughs> That's how I you mean, should do it too. You should grab your dick and be like, "No," and walk out of the room. I mean, we we try to keep it a pretty even road between the two of us when it comes to the TV. Like, she's got things that she likes to watch, and I've got things that I like to watch. Dude, that I get it. I've been, dude, for- I I've been in relationships, and I've been emasculated by shit that I've watched. I've see, I watched like probably like the first fucking like six or seven seasons of Trading Spaces on HGTV and I wanted to blow my brains out by season five. I mean, it. Christ, are you kidding me? How many I, fucking... How, how many times can I see neighbors switch houses and fucking redecorate and shit without fucking <laughs> wanting to kill myself? <laughs> like, I is <laughs> terrible. Yeah, the, 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 there's that... Uh, what's that one other show? The Ghost Adventures that hasn't... <laughs> On Hulu, they got like seven year old seasons that haven't been updated in years, and she'll still turn them on and binge watch them. I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, not again. Yeah, not not this again. Yeah, I can only see Zozo so many times. <laughs> yeah, there's that moment in the night where you wake up and you look over at her and you're thinking to yourself, I could just take this pillow right now, and nobody. No, I'm kidding. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like wow, that got dark no yeah it's like that's love that's love when you can <laughs> when you've got that kind of power but you don't that kind of restraint yeah that kind of restraint but you don't that's that's love man that's love because you could totally do it you know what i mean Anyway, romantic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh man, I'm fuck. It's it's a fucking joke, people. It's all a joke. It's, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. There's no reason to worry. Um, <laughs> I got this from CheatSheet.com. There was supposed to be a uh, secret kept about Black Widow's nemesis, Iron Maiden. This character is one uh, is another one of the uh, masked baddies who was confirmed to show up in the film based on comic book lore. What wasn't known was who Iron Maiden might really be. Despite many assuming it was one of the women in the cast, 
Yes, there was speculation it might be Rachel Weiss playing Melina Vostokov without anything to go on other than old comic book series. Keeping the secret might have been important to Marvel until someone on the account for the movie created character emojis, apparently giving it away. Melina is Iron Maiden. Uh, Jake, did because I think they took away the emoji, uh, the emoji characters for this because I, I haven't seen it, man. But if if they did upload these prematurely, um, they're saying that uh, Rachel Vice's character, who I was saying, I was thinking that she was going to turn, she it was going to be revealed that she's Taskmaster. Yeah, that's what I, I believe that. Yeah. When you said that, that made perfect sense. I don't, and, and yes, I have not seen any of these emoji like in person. So what the, dude, what the fuck? So like, is the, the male actor that we, that, that villain, I forget the name of the actor. I could probably look it up, but is that guy going to be Taskmaster? And then Melina is going to be used for like a future film. There, there's no way they're going to introduce. Melina in this movie and then just like there's no fucking way that they're going to introduce Melina into this movie as Iron Maiden and then just yeah I don't buy this I, I don't think and even if that was the case there's no way they would have accidentally made an emoji that spoiled this like that's the part that really blows my mind yeah but it's like it's like it's one of those it's one of those things where like Funko Pop fucks up shit why you know twitter yeah but funko pop that's like you're renting out your property to this other company to do something with and therein lies the mistakes but i think the social media for the most part is controlled in a house so that's what makes it seem really fucked up to me yeah but twitter's got to create those emojis though yeah but how is like did they launch them early is a fucking plot did they launch them early Because it looks like I think they've been pulled. I, I mean, Marvel wouldn't. I mean, look at the way they were with Endgame, how they were like publicly saying to not post spoilers even after the movie had came out. Like, I don't feel like Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, but that's directors and shit. It's like uh, this is this is on Twitter's end. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either, dude. I don't want to impact. I don't want to be. At the end of the day, I think it's stupid if fucking Melina just turns out to be Iron Maiden. Her fucking nemesis. She's already fucking dead. Like, Black Widow's fucking dead. It's like, ooh, we're going to introduce her fucking nemesis that's never going to get revenge on her because she's just going to fucking... I mean, you never know. We've talked about the possibility of them doing more Black Widow movies. Yeah, but like, what's, what's the fucking point, though? If you're going to fucking introduce her nemesis, Iron Maiden, uh, as Rachel Weisz's character... And then at the end of the day, fucking Black Widow just does a swan dive off a cliff and dies. Who gives yeah, a fuck? A scroll the whole time as well. Yeah. Oh, I, if, if she's a fucking scroll, you can, everybody can go, Marvel can go fuck itself. If she's a fucking scroll after what I oh, saw man. in Endgame. Marvel. I hope there is that kind of, um, that kind of thing happens. I hope one of the scroll reveals just really fucking pisses fandom off like that's classic marvel right there <laughs> yeah i do too but if it's fu- but it doesn't make sense if it's fucking it, black no, widow the black widow thing is fucking dumb and it, it in more ways than one yeah that's yeah that that's crazy oh fuck uh, i don't know i whatever we'll see what happens with fucking her character let's move on into 
Let's, well, let's take a fucking break, and we're going to DC. Let's take a break. So we are yada yada and Sam Raimi. No, oh <laughs> shit! I didn't even. Let's no. Let's do. Let's do Sam Raimi. Talk about Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. He. It's it's, it's official now. Sam Raimi's going to be directing. Is it official? I, I'm so confused. Var- I think I, it is. I think it's official by Variety. Like they. I, th- I think Deadline was it. It was either Deadline that broke the story. And then one of the other fucking it, – it's official. I believe it's official. I thought it was back to not being official again. Really? Yeah. I could be wrong about that because you're right. Deadline broke it. Well, Deadline broke it, and I thought Variety confirmed it. And that was like a few hours later. And then I thought a few hours after that, it was like, okay, okay, we spoke too soon. It's not pin, pinned in yet. I could be wrong. Uh, Variety, February 5th, Sam Raimi and Talks to Direct – I, uh, because this whole thing's really toyed with my emotions. Because I am a giant Sam Raimi fan, and I was very excited by this news. It made me just completely forget who Scott Derrickson was when I heard this. Um, and then I was like, I started reading this other stuff, and it's like all, all maybes, not completely official yet. He might do it. Yeah, so. Deadline reported that he's in talks. Variety reported that he's in talks. I thought that this was, I thought this was confirmed, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think it's still up in the air. I guess there's still talk of him possibly doing a uh, Bride of Frankenstein reboot instead and not having time for this, I've read. Oh, bullshit. He'll make time for this. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of connections. A lot of people have pointed out that um, Ted Raimi actually drops Doctor Strange's name in the original Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And if you go to, Jameson makes a joke about it being already taken. If you go to IMDb right now, which IMDb is like not always correct. I get that. You don't have to fucking tweet at me. Uh, but it says director Sam Raimi rumored. So yeah. it's, it's not hundred percent confirmed. I, I, but, but I mean, typically when we hear these talks, Jake, like, you know, somebody's in, you know, rumored, like yes. typically unless with, it's the flash. Well, yeah, well, here's the thing. Even well, even with those like all those directors were involved with the project at one time, they dropped off. But if Sam Raimi wasn't involved or if they weren't talking to him, it would have been debunked at least 24 to 48 hours later. He would have come out and said, "No, I'm not doing that." So something's no, I, definitely going on. There's a very good chance this is going to happen. And I think we'll find out one way or another within the next 30 days. But we're not quite there yet. So it, it does have me kind of gritting my teeth a little bit because I'll be really disappointed that this falls through. It'll happen. It'll happen. He's, I don't think he really has anything else going on. Like when's the, la- the last movie that Sam Raimi did? The Oz movie still, right? The last movie that he fucking did. Let me look this up. Mm. The Franco Oz movie, I believe, and maybe the episode, the pilot of the Evil Dead series, is the most recent thing he's directed. He hasn't done like, yeah, exactly. He hasn't done like, a, as far as movies are concerned, you know, he's a producer on The Grudge, producer on Crawl. He was an executive, Oz, great and powerful. I think he, he directed the first episode of Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. He's a producer on Don't Breathe, producer on Poltergeist. I mean, yeah, like. I, Seriously, producer on Evil Dead the reboot back in 2013. This he needs this. This yeah, 
Yeah, this is. I I, I think this is going to happen, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I think he's perfect for Doctor Strange. I think he's perfect for them doing alternate reality multiverse stuff. He's very good at making different distinguishable timelines. And yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited for this to happen. I really hope it does. He also has that horror movie pedigree that people were so excited about Scott Derrickson bringing to the table. There's like every time like we're on an episode and like there's that shifting noise going on. I feel like it reminds me of like a dog wiping his ass on carpet. <laughs> I swear to Christ, like every fucking and I'm hearing it. I'm literally hearing it like as we've been talking about Sam Raimi this entire time. And all I can think about is a dog pulling itself on its front legs and its hind legs are just kind of like sitting there dead and a dog is just dragging his ass on a carpet right now. (laughs) And that's what I think this episode reminds me of, of a dog dragging his ass on a carpet. That's this episode of PCL. I ought to just, I'm not even going (laughs) to, I'm not even going to like label this episode as episode 321. I'm just going to label it as episode Dog dragging his ass on carpet. That is, that's the episode number for this. It's a replaced episode 321. The number has been replaced by a dog. I wish there was an emoji. We talked about emojis in the fucking Black Widow bullshit and how that fucking like ruined like Iron Maiden being, uh, Rachel Weiss's character. This episode, I wish there was just a dog dragging his ass emoji that I could post as the title for this episode. And that would be, that would sum it up. That would sum it up for me right now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hearing the noise on my end. So it probably means it's me somehow. Probably is you probably is you, Jake. You're the equivalent of a dog dragging his ass on carpet on a night. I do hear it on a night. You do hear it. Yeah, I hear it on my end. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm not moving, so I don't think it's me. It's not you. It's Jake. It's it's Jake. Basically, Jake, you're the dog <laughs> rubbing your ass on a nice shag carpet. <laughs> I mean, that is what I'm doing, but I, I wouldn't think that would come through the microphone. <laughs> it is. It's. It, I'm, I am totally picking it up, dude. Mm. I'll try to. I'll try to drag quieter. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. Well, like when do you, do you, when do you stop? Do you stop after you stop seeing a streak behind you, or do you stop once it's like once? It's I, like a sensation. I, I'm not looking at the streak at all. It's just mm. once it's just like once you know you burned off a layer of skin. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. uh, <laughs> uh, once okay. So like it goes from like so it's a sensation that you're looking for that feeling. Yes, yes. But then when it starts to burn, you're like, kind of like, I'm done. Oh, I overdid it. Stop I over, for a second. I did. Uh, yep, yep. It's tender down there. <laughs> it's tender. <laughs> who, who knew we'd be talking about rug burns on the anus? <gasps> oh my! God. Oh, Seriously, that's the thing. It's like maybe dogs. Maybe dogs have figured something out. Maybe it feels amazing. Like, why are we not doing it? Like, if if it's good enough for dogs, why aren't we? Like, why aren't we just? Why aren't we joining in with it's our dogs? Good enough for dogs. If it no, if it like seriously, <laughs> like if you see your dog doing it, why not bond with your dog? Why not uh, drop trow? Get on fucking get down there and do it with your dog. Spend bond. Fucking you, you and your dog can fucking have like little. <laughs> you can race each other and shit. <laughs> 
drag ass races. I win. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying, guys. <laughs> no, it was a noble effort. This was better material than the Mikey stuff. Oh God, I can't believe you went back there with Danny. I was like, God damn it! Who? Do, why? Why did I pick Jake as a co-host to begin with? <laughs> Lack of choices. I, yeah, I was like really limited that day. Apparently. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Let's take. Um, what the fuck do I have left? We got. Yeah, so Sam Ray, I love it. I love it. I Tupperware it if it does happen. Oh, yeah, me too, of course. Yeah. What, Steve, what are you thinking about fucking Sam Raimi directing Doctor Strange 2? I, I, I love the idea of it. I would love to see him come back uh, to do, you know, a superhero movie again. I, like, everything you guys have said is, is you know, all, all too accurate to describe, you know, the excitement that any of us would get with hearing Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi coming to direct this film. I mean, I think he can take it in probably a new and fresher direction than I think Scott Derrickson could. Um, so I'm excited to see them, you know, hopefully work out a deal and, and him come to the helm to direct. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It'd be awesome. I was like, my other suggestion was Mike Flanagan who directed Dr. Sleep, but uh, I think Sam Raimi is actually a better choice. So I still need to see that. Oh, definitely watch it. Like I, I think, it, I think it's really good. I think it, I don't know the last you know, the final act of the film is kind of just like a little on the nose, like, yeah, this is 100% uh, <laughs> the Shining sequels. But, but other than that, we're I, back. Yeah. Overlook, we're back, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Fucking, I think, dude, there's so many nerves in our anuses. Like, why are we not doing more with our buttholes, dude? Like, I think, I don't know, dude. Gay guys got it right. They're rocking that shit. But, like, for me, <laughs> being a straight male, I think there's more that I could be doing with my butthole. I could be exploring a lot more with my butthole. And I think, I, I think, I think it's butthole. I think there's a lot more hetero ass licking going on than you're giving it credit for. Dude, nobody, <laughs> I, I think there, I think there, but I think it, it's guys licking women's asses, right? It's, I don't think there, are there a lot of women out there? I think there's a lot more equal opportunity out there than Well, what the fuck? Because I, seriously. (laughs) What the fuck? Just surf through Pornhub and find out. Well, no, that, why is it? I want Pornhub to reflect my life, Steve. (laughs) You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Like, why, why is there, why is my butthole getting neglected? Why is that happening? It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah. One of the, either they're, they're into it or they're not either. It's one of those weird things to broach. I hope that we get to a day, you know, like we, how we got like these fucking like uh, teeth whitening commercials and shit. I hope we get to the day where we fucking get butthole bleaching commercials. We're fucking, no, here's, here's Tammy. Paltrow is going to be on top of that. Well, here's Tammy from fucking Dubuque, Iowa, and she's talking about her fucking bleached butthole on a fucking infomercial for fucking 30 minutes. And then, you know, then I get Roger from uh, Tallahassee, Florida talking about his fucking brown round and how it's now a uh, nice, uh, pretty pink. You know what I mean? Like that's like when are we when are we gonna get there? 
When are we going to get when you can get like a home butthole bleach Soon. a home butthole bleach kit? <laughs> Soon. Soon. I like, think we're on the verge of that future. Where do you go like you have to like at this point at this point as far as you guys know and you guys may know a little bit more about this than I do. I don't really know. But at this point with like the whole butthole bleaching, do you have to go somewhere to get your butthole bleach? Or is, or is there a home kit? Can you like fucking go like to buttholebleach.com and they'll fucking like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I don't think there's a place to go. I don't think there's like a specialty store for it. Honestly, if I had to guess, like as a logical guess, I would say the same place people go to get other rectal examinations done. Maybe. Mm, it's more of a vanity thing, though. It's yeah, totally a vanity, vanity thing. Man. Yeah, like why can't you do this shit at home? Why can't there be like a home kit? You know, like like I, I fucking I do teeth whitening. You know what I mean? I fucking buy the Crest three white strips, and I fucking why can't you just fucking? Oh, why isn't there a fucking thing that I can <laughs> slap them? Slap the uh, yeah, dude. Name on that. Seriously, like I put the three D whitening strips on my fucking teeth for thirty minutes, and then the alarm goes off, and I take them off. Like why isn't there some fucking like? thing i can shove up my butthole for 30 minutes and then like a, you know i set a timer on my alexa and she's like yeah it's now you can take that thing off your butthole and i can like look over it at the course of 30 days and be like holy shit it's not a fucking rusty sheriff's badge right now this thing looks like <laughs> i look like i have the fucking anus of a fucking 17 year old no shit look at oh my god look at my fucking taut pink anus look how <laughs> Why the fuck wouldn't you want to eat that fucking thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. We need to get on that. The PCL anal whitener. Anal whitener, anal bleacher. I want the, I want to pink that shit up. I want it to look pretty. You know, I want it to look inviting. You know what I mean? Like who the fuck, like who the fuck wants to kiss like some fucking dark, rancid, stinky circle? You know what no, I mean? I mean, no one like that. No one. Ass no one. I want, I want to, I seriously, when I fucking drop trow and I spread those cheeks, I want it to look like fucking like bubble yum, bubble gum. And it's like, yeah, get in there. <laughs> Chew on that shit. Stick your tongue on it. Fucking bounce your tongue off my butthole. Yeah, there you go. You're getting into it. There you go. And you see what I'm doing here? I'm communicating. And that's turning them on, Jake. It's communication. I'm letting them know that they're doing the right thing to my butthole. And that's making them feel good. That's getting them into the moment. They're like, oh my God, yeah, my tongue is, 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 is pleasuring this beautiful pink butthole. Look at this. It's like, it's like, it's like the car when you get a fresh car with new upholstery and it's got like the new car smell. Like my butthole looks like a fucking like 1975 Pinto that's never been cleaned out before. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? They're fucking Snapchatting that shit without your knowledge. Yeah, I want my fuck. I want my fucking shit to look like a fucking brand new, fucking like right off the right off the fucking uh, assembly line car with brand new upholstery. Just uh, a shiny pink butthole car that you can. <laughs> bounce your tongue off of and not even worry about it at all. You know what I mean? I'll be expecting to see something well. like this on Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> a, a home butthole kit? Yeah, butthole bleach. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Mark Cuban's gonna invest. Oh, dude. Anybody who says I'm out, fuck you and your dirty, stinky, stank butthole. Yeah, go fine. Yeah, go ahead. Your insecurities. Get out of here with that. Yeah, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Be, <laughs> you rock on with your fucking dirty, stank ass butthole. It's like, that's the thing, like, uh, it's like only, it's, that's the thing, it's like only for porn stars, so it gets like this fucking bad rap. I, no, man. I want a, I want a cute looking pink butthole. <laughs> there's, that, there's that one episode of, uh, It's Always Sunny. My name is Artemis. I've got a bleached asshole. Yeah, Artemis. Oh my god. <laughs> No, so I, okay. So what about what about this? Is like a, right. a logical answer. The the hair removal places. Oh, electrolysis. Yeah. Okay. Like what? What about one of them places? That, that, that seems kind of likely. Yeah, that seems more likely. Do you really want to? But see, here's the thing. It's like, do you really want to go somewhere to do this, or is it like better to do it in the privacy of your own home? I'd rather have someone I never had to see again do it. <laughs> you no no I I I really don't want anybody but me. We signed a contract. We agree never to look at each other ever again. No <laughs> no. I'm if good. I could, if I could fucking go online and like go to you know like like you're going to like you know like blueapron.com to get fucking meals sent to you. If I could, if I could go to pink if I could go to pinkbutthole.com. Pinkanus. Pinkanus.com. And I could like be like, oh, oh, shit. Thank you, Joe Rogan. I got fucking 15% off my first order for a pink, fucking pink butthole. And so I type in his fucking code Rogan at pinkanus.com and they <laughs> ship it to me and it comes in a fucking, what's ironic about this is it comes in a brown package that's like not labeled, but your butt's not going to, butthole's not going to be brown anymore after you use the product. Irony, but anyway, they send it to you in a brown, you know, box or whatever, and you open it up and you can just do it at fucking home and not have to worry about going somewhere and like showing somebody your butthole and having them do it. I'm just worried that I would fuck the process up. I'd have a fucking purple butthole. 90 day, 90 day satisfaction guarantee. If you fuck it up, if I got a purple asshole, dude, it comes with a fucking YouTube video. You can't fuck it up. Do you guys think it would maybe come in a pink box instead of a brown box? Mm-mm. Everybody, it's, soon, it's pink on the inside, soon, dude, on the outside. Dude, as, exactly. Pink on the inside. When you open it up, it's pink on the inside. <laughs> Everybody sees that fucking pink box show up on your doorstep while you're at work. They know that you're going to be pinking up your butthole. They know that pink box. They've seen that pink box on the commercial. And they know that that pink box means that you're going to be pinking up your butthole at home. So no, it's gonna come in a brown box. You open it up and it's pink, just like Jake says. That's that's part of the pink anus promise. <laughs> We're right, right? This is just us three talking about this. Dude. <laughs> oh shit, we're still recording. <laughs> mm, the the pink anus promise. I see I I don't know. I, I would I, That's I would part of the pink the- anus promise. I, I would argue that there's a promise. I, I, I would argue maybe a missed opportunity to make the outside of the box pink and the inside of the box brown, just like your, just like your anus. No, the no. outside's pink and the inside's brown. We're trying to sell these. Things. We're trying to sell these things. <laughs> Not repulse people. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a poopery thing. <laughs> Oh man, would you ever do a colonic where they shove like a tube up your butt or whatever? Would you ever do that? 
what do you gain from that? I don't know. They, they apparently like, they say like so much shit is impacted in your butt and for you, like they shove water up there and then all of a sudden like a tube and then you just see all like this shit come out your butt. It's supposed to be like this cleansing experience. Hmm. I mean, if you could prove to me that I had a bunch of residue shit in my butt still, I'd probably sign up for well, that. There's that, <laughs> there's that fucking story about like the John Wayne died with like 40 pounds of impacted shit in his butt. Well, I have heard this story. Yeah, I, that's bullshit. That's yeah. Bullshit. I, I don't think that's true. I don't think anything is true at all. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Oh, dude, remember that episode we talked about? I still think John Wayne had a really brown asshole, though, regardless of whether or not that story is true. Oh man. <laughs> oh god, I bet it was more like gray. It was probably <laughs> it's probably so brown it was black. It probably was like leather. <laughs> That's where the term "rusty sheriff" badge came from. Exactly. He's like, yeah, I'm a lawman. Check this out. There's my there's my credentials. <laughs> this is stupid. I, I hate this. All right, let's take a quick break. I gotta, yeah. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. That's how we do this, right? Oh, of course, yeah. All right, we'll be right back. back jake if they had infomercials for you know pinking up the old butthole do you th- dude I, the before and after pictures dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude do you think they would have a mascot that looked like oh like, like the, the like like the mucinex fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're on the same page now <laughs> Like, yeah, like the the the, the mucinex fucking mucus guy, that, you know. I feel like that character would sound a lot like Babu Frick. I, I feel like you know, like they'd have they'd have like the 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 brown one that was just like sick and vomiting up brown shit, and then you'd see like this pink one that's like like I don't know, spitting up rainbows and cotton candy and shit. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. You know, fucking rainbows right in the mouth. But the fuck, yeah, exactly. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like, like, like the before picture, like, like you'd see it and it would look like the fucking sarlacc pit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then like yeah, pre special edition, pre special edition, or post. I mean, either <laughs> with those infomercials, though, like with some of those weight loss ones where they're clearly different people, like it would probably be a photo of the Sarlacc pit and then a clean, like. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be before the old Sarlacc pit and then after the new Sarlacc pit. Dude, yeah. I want I want it to look I, like, like the pre-picture, I want it to look like Sarlacc pit. 
and the post picture, I want it to look like fucking like some kind of like Willy Wonka candy you just want to stick in your mouth like right now. <laughs> you see fucking Augustus Gloop jump right in that asshole. Yes, he yes. Can't help himself. Can't help himself. Just, oh man, they, gar- they guaranteed have that imagery, like the the before and after pictures on the box, right? Yeah. Oh, and te- and testimonials too. Yeah. I got I got I got to read some testimonials, you know what I mean? We need, we need some semi famous people. We got another job for House Sparks. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't <laughs> totally House Sparks is all over that shit. <laughs> As seen on Shark Tank featured on QVC by Lori Grenier. Yeah, it's like it's like you know like uh, you know like once once this was just uh this was just the practice of porn stars. And now you can do it at home. Like, dude, like, I can do it in the privacy of my own home. I can pink up my butthole at home. How convenient. <laughs> yeah. Why does eating ass have to be so taboo? Right. Well, now it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Oh man, I I don't know. Even if I bleached my asshole, I don't know if I could be like, yeah, get down there and lick that asshole. Like, no. But if you're thrown into that situation, though, you would have like so much more confidence. You know what I mean? It's like those Bosley hair commercials. You know what I mean? Like now, <laughs> like you know, I mean, like, if, you're, if your asshole's looking like that, you're not asking for it. It's just happening. These guys aren't worried about swimming with a new Bosley fucking hair. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> now, it's like I'm not worried about like, hey, you know. Check this shit out. Check it out. I mean, it, you don't have to like fucking like tongue punch my butthole, but like if you want to, look at it. It looks <laughs> it looks pink and delicious. <laughs> like a fucking strawberry strawberry. <laughs> no shit, man. We talked about candy earlier. Look at my candy ass butthole. Look at that shit. Dive in there. Mm. Come a long way with a bottle of whipped cream. Oh man, oh, God, I'd be coming a long way if I had a <laughs> pink butthole. There's a lot of nerve endings down. There. I'm telling you, gay guys, they're onto something, man. There's something going on in the butthole, man. There's something going on. There's something going on in the butthole. They got it right. They know what they're doing. For too long, I think the gay guys have been like, you know, they've been uh, they've been cornering that market of the butthole, and I think like. <laughs> We need to get in on some of that action. <laughs> the monopoly is over. The monopoly is it's exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. They know it's going. They know that it's a, it's a it's a, it's a playground back there. They know. Yeah, they they're like the fucking Comcast of the anal licking industry. I know. It's like just because I'm <laughs> just because I'm terrified of penises doesn't mean that I can't have fun too. <laughs> No, nor should it. Nor should it. I shouldn't be restricted. I shouldn't be. I need, but I, but I also at the on the flip side, like it's like I don't want to expose somebody to like. Oh, look, look at this. Remember that movie where fucking like, you know, uh, that, that fucking that, that oil spill movie. Like I don't want it to look like you know. I don't want my asshole. To Deepwater look like, Horizon. Yeah, Deepwater Horizon. I don't want. I don't want like my. That's, that's my ass's nickname. I don't want like my. I don't want my butthole to look like something like a duck would die in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the fucking Exxon Valdez. Or 
Fucking all those poor dolphins. I know. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, DC, uh, DC news. Oh yeah, Batman. <laughs> yeah. DC, oh yeah. I'll play the DC bumper. Here we go. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, Matt Reeves posted an official camera test video uh, showing uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman look. Which uh, matches the descriptions that we've been hearing of this version of the suit. That it's going to be a more cobbled together piece. That it's been made with a uh, very uh, uti- uh, uti- uti- ugh, can't say this word utilitarian utilitarian style. So the like it's not the sleek versions of the suit that we've seen in most of the movies, but it looks like. Every piece on this has its own kind of like purpose for the design, a useful purpose for this design. Um, if you, if we're going back to like, we're getting this suit a lot sooner, closer to the movie than when we got Zack Snyder's first photo. Zack Snyder released his photo. It was basically like nearly two years, if not two years before the movie came out when we first got Ben Affleck in uh, BVS, but uh, Warner Brothers has been letting these directors release their stuff, so it's not like we're getting the first look from an Entertainment Weekly, you know, uh, uh, picture or something like that. They're letting the directors release these photos or videos or whatever, but we got this new video. I saw it on Vimeo, and it was uploaded from Matt Reeves himself. It was just the camera test, kind of like that red hue, that red background what did you guys think of the suit? Um, I'll start with you, Steve. Um, so I, I, I obviously it's really darkly lit and it's it starts off, you know, out of focus. He walks in focus. You don't see a whole lot of it. I do like it, though. Um, I know there were I, I, I saw a lot of comments from people I knew um, that were pertaining to the suit and how it kind of had like a, a daredevil feel with the mask. Um, honestly, I think it might just have been camera angle. Um, I know, uh, I, but then again, I, I, I guess whatever. Uh, but I, I mean, overall I like it. I mean, it's hard to judge without having seen like the, the ears, the top part of the collar yet. Yeah. Um, to say at, at that standpoint, however, the chest piece and the shoulders, I do really like a lot. Um, I thought the logo, uh, the new logo lo- change up was cool. Um, I like how it looks like a batarang just kind of on the ar- on the plated armor, and I really liked how like as he lifted his shoulders up, you could see the separation between the shoulder pad and the chest piece. And I just I thought that looked cool. I really liked the collar as well. Um, I just I overall I feel like this is a, a going to be a cool fresh design on on this character and. I I'm I'm excited for it. I mean it 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 hasn't been that long since we've last seen Batman in uh, the movies, but I feel like with what DC has been doing and what Warner Brothers have been doing um, with with some of their movie choices and their director choices, um, I feel like this is going in the right direction here. Um, I I, I mean, I'm excited to see more, um, and I really like the suit. I I, I Tupperware the suit. 
why didn't they show us the ears? I, I'm, I'm like, here's the thing. Are they still debating on the length of the ears and they're not ready to commit? Is that why, like, this is, are they still, is that one of these things that they maybe have like two or three different versions of like the ears on this and, and they're not ready to commit yet, but they wanted to show us what they do have so far? I feel like that's accurate, yeah, because, like, just thinking about it in my head, I I can't decide between long ears or short. Like, I really can't. I, I think both would be really, really cool. I think I think short ears is probably more practical and more realistic. I think um, I think I'm going with long because the armor plating on I this agree. on the, the armor plating on the suit looks a lot like the Arkham style armor plating from the video game. Which That's was true. Which was more of a longer style. So I'm going with longer personally. Jake, what did you think about this? And I'm, yeah, I'm curious. What did you think Just about this? Just to join this? in on that conversation real quick before I give my overall thoughts. I, I also agree with the longer. It's something we haven't really seen done to perfection yet in the movies. I think the closest they've been to longer is like the, probably the Tim Burton stuff. And even that's not really like, the stuff I'm used to that they did in the comic books with the length. So I think it would give um, it a whole unique, fresh look to have it be longer. Um, And I, I really loved this, this footage a lot too. I, I thought what we saw of the suit looked great. I thought Pattinson looked great in the suit. What we saw, I mean, it's basically all chin and mouth, but I mean, that's still something, right? You, not everyone's going to look good in that, you know, framing yeah. of cinema. And I, I thought he looked the part. Like, I I feel like I already believe in him, like, as Batman in the suit, just from this test footage. I love the music in this. I, yeah. I've read that the music is original Giacchino music. Giacchino. It's, Mike, it's, Michael Gi- it's Michael Giacchino, and, and, and he is doing the music for the film. So this is very, it's, what I read was this was a very early kind of like, he just kind of threw this together for this video. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that this was kind of a bit of a motif already that he's developed for the movie. Oh, it is. It 100%. It's a very early version of what he's developing for the movie. Yeah, and that, that's super cool that they would include that. It's kind of, it's neat. I mean, you know, this is test footage. They're probably using this to see what it's going to look like under extreme lighting that they plan on using in this movie. You know, Matt Reeves is a very creative director and we're not, it's not going to be just all bright lights pointed to Batman the whole time. So they probably just, you know, run the, run some lighting tests to make sure features of the suit were going to look good under like, abnormal conditions and yeah i agree with a lot of what steve said i like just how man like it's the most man-made looking batman costume we've ever seen like it doesn't look like it was created by a special effects movie hollywood guy it look it does look like something that you know wayne made or had made i think it, it, it looks legit for me it looks like the first suit that wayne made himself as opposed to lucius fox making this yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Like you see, brought up seeing the the shoulder separation, and yeah, it, it feels very unique. It, it definitely like seems like it, you know, coincides with what we heard Matt Reeves wants to do with the movie, kind of going back to the detective year one roots. Yeah, we got the leather cowl in this. Uh, what what about this rumor about the the new chess symbol? Which, if you do look at it. 
it looks like it's made out of pieces of a gun, the stock of a gun that's been the handle, the stock that's been split in two going off in opposite directions. And people are saying that this has been taken from, you know, is it the Kevin Smith comic where he uses pieces of the gun that killed his parents to protect his heart and he puts it under the symbol? It's not, you don't, like you see the Batman symbol, but underneath it, it's, it's actually pieces of the gun that killed his parents that are protecting his heart. Um, in this, you actually, it looks like, the the stock of a gun that's been split in two and i'm i never thought of that i'm watching it again now with that in mind and you're not wrong it looks yeah, like a, no not at all yeah it looks like the stock of a gun and it's not been confirmed but like it's from a comic and um uh, i think that that would be i think that would be pretty fucking cool if that's like the way that they went with this yeah, I especially think that's a cool idea if we're not going to show the Wayne family murder for the umpteenth time in the last 30 years. It's it's a neat way to have the history of what happened involved in the storyline without doing the cliched we're seeing them get shot in front of the theater again. Oh, I want to see him I want to see him get I I I want to see that family get murdered more. <laughs> <laughs> While we're at it, we need Uncle Ben to die again, too. Yeah, throw Uncle Ben into that alley, too, as yeah, well. Let's get them all in the same movie, yeah. Right, yeah. I just, just, I seriously, I just want to see Uncle Can Ben. stuff Green Lantern's girlfriend in a fridge during that same scene, too? <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? Let's do all of these things. Let's, let's just offend everybody throughout this, yeah. <laughs> And fucking have Robert Downey Jr. in blackface walking down the alley as well. I want to see both versions of Superman's father. Um, <laughs> I want to see one get swept away by a tornado and the other one have a heart attack <laughs> as well as this is going on. <laughs> <laughs> God, Matt Reeves is a visionary. <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> oh man, dude. oh fuck. Who do? You, as far as like, no, I'm not gonna go in there. I was gonna get back into buttholes. We're, about to to butt We're totally going to buttholes. We're totally going to buttholes. My seatbelt was about half on right there. I know. I don't, I'm just. I'm really concerned about my butthole right now. No, yeah, it's hard. It's a it's a hard thing to forget about once you've kind of uh-huh. brought it up. I know. Seriously, a lot of work needs to go into it right now. I'm feeling like, yeah, something. I bet Bruce Wayne gets his ass eaten out all the time. I bet he does. I bet he does. I bet that thing is pink as shit. I bet it just looks like a fucking hubba bubba bubble gum back there, and like people are people are lined up to fucking just tongue punch his fucking butthole with their tongues. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they call him the Dark Knight, but he definitely has a bright ass. Oh, God, yeah. Exactly. That's the irony, right? I mean... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Alanis Morissette sings about exactly that. I know. That's what this should have been. It should have been Michael Giacchino music, just with, <laughs> just with like, his butthole. <laughs> I would have complained about the red lighting a lot more if that's what they were doing. I know. Get the fuck... Get out of here, Red. We don't need you. Yeah, that could easily still be brown. I can't really tell with the lighting. Yeah. 
Christ. I know. And then you got, then you got people. Have you seen online people taking the red out and they've been putting it into like black and white? Get the red out. It's like a Visine commercial. <laughs> yeah. Get the red out. I have seen the pictures where they've altered the photos and taken yeah. the red out and brightened the photos. I like and, it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, I didn't have that much of a problem seeing it in the first place, though. It's not like it brought a whole new, like, visual to the suit for me with that. Like, a lot of times when people do that, I'm like, oh, I can see all these things I didn't notice before. But I don't know. Like, I, I can see this just fine. I love this suit. I think that I think that Pattinson looks fucking uh, badass in it. Mm-hmm. He's he's got the chin for Batman. Um, I'm really looking forward to now. I'm looking forward to seeing the bat the new Mat- the new Batmobile. So, what kind of I, and uh, the rumors are that it's going to be more of like the uh, non military looking fucking Batmobile that we've had like in the Nolan films. And it's going to be more of the kind of sleek sports car. Like they're going to take like a muscle car, a muscle car. I've heard this as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm buying that too. That they're going to go with the. More I do, muscle I do car. buy it. It's not going yeah. to be armored tank mobile, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited. Uh, Brian, eBay has got you covered. Body action anal bleach intimate lightning gel for five ninety nine. Are you shitting me? <laughs> no. <laughs> so hold on. What comes in the kit? Uh, it looks like it's, it, it honestly, it looks like one of those boxes that you would see on like the countertop at a gas station where like the bottom ha- half of the box has a flap that folds out and there's like a little packet of gel in there. <laughs> mm. So hold on. Like, wh- okay. What are the, what are the ramifications of like, I've always kind of like worried, like when I put on my teeth whitener, like, and, um, it, like they say to put it on for 30 minutes. And I always worry, like, what if I put it on and I fall asleep and I fucking wake up eight hours fucking later? Like, what happens if you put, like, this butthole bleaching kit on in your butthole and you fall asleep? Like, what happens to your butthole at that point? Do you have, uh, do you have like, a transparent butthole at the end of the, at the here, end? <laughs> here, here we go. This is, this is better. This is like three, this, this has three different products. It's uh Murad Rapid Lightning 90 Day Kit. Oh shit! 90 days. Yeah. So if it's 90 days, I imagine if you fall asleep on it, you fall asleep with it for a couple hours, you might be okay. Oh, here's the okay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're good. Sleep away. <laughs> do you? How, how long do you? Okay. Oh fuck! 90 days. So it's a 90 day treatment. Is that like yeah, they, 90, 90 day treatment for a hundred bucks? Murad dot com. <laughs> Jake, anybody who needs it. Guys, I don't think you can put a price on a pretty butthole. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can use it anywhere, yeah. too. You can use it anywhere. The, the, it uh, fades dark spots and unwanted discoloration. Powerful sunscreen formula to help defend against future damage and spots. There you go. You can use it anywhere. Merry Christmas, guys. I'm opening gifts. I'm spending time with the family. <laughs> you have no idea that I'm also fucking bleaching my butthole at the same time. You have no idea. All these family photos that we're taking Scandalous. right now. Yeah, we're all in fucking Christmas sweaters and shit, and I'm wearing my Christmas pajamas. You have no idea that at the same time, I'm bleaching my butthole. I'm fucking yeah. two birds, one stone, Christmas butthole. You have no idea. Just the, 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 the it's endless. Stop Christmas butthole. Christmas. <laughs> it's the easiest we got a thing new in the place world to hang to the missile to mistletoe. It's oh easy to find God. too. Just take the risk I did. Google anal bleaching. It's the first thing that pops up. 
So there's a home kit. I can do this at home. Yep. 99, 90, 99, 95. I'm ha- it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Let us know how it goes. I, t- I expect updates in 90 days. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I am going to, I am going to have a yeah, pretty, t- take a picture of what it looks like now too. So we can actually, <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. If I took a picture of what it looked like now, you would look at it and be like, oh my God. So that's what Br'er Rabbit fucking, that's the briar patch that Br'er Rabbit fucking got caught up in. <laughs> So I've never seen the racist Disney movie that you were referencing. Is that a racist movie? <laughs> I mean, that's Song of the South with Bray Rabbit, right? Bray Rabbit? Is that Song of the South? Why do I keep bringing that up? Why? What was wrong with me? Maybe I'm wrong. I'm Googling it. I didn't know Bray Rabbit was part of, like, the Song of the South fucking story. What's, what's that guy? What's, what's he have to do with fucking rabbits and shit? Maybe I'm wrong. Are you Googling it? Yeah, yeah. It's slow going, though. What? what, do you, what, what, what? I hit, I found the Wikipedia, then I clicked it, and then my webpage went blank. I'm just going to, what do I type in? Bread rabbit racist? What do I, what do I, th- what, <laughs> what do I type in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brer, that sounds good. Bread rabbit song of the South? Oh, shit. It is part of it, I think. Song of the South, Br'er Rabbit escapes tar trap. Yeah, it is. It is Song of the South. What the, the fuck? Tar is, trap and everything. Oh um, we were having an innocent conversation about bleaching our buttholes, and then I have to take it down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I just wanted to bring up the fact that my butthole looked like a briar patch. <laughs> yeah, briar patches have been canceled. Oh man, I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. I had no clue, guys. That's all I got. That's all we got this week. I love the fucking suit. I think the suit looks fucking awesome. I think it's like the first iteration of this Robert Pattinson suit that we're going to see. I think future suits will look different, but I think that this is kind of like the prototype Bruce Wayne homemade Batman suit that we're going to get in this movie. I could be wrong. But on the flip side, it just feels like this is a homemade Bruce Wayne suit. Yeah, real small on the DC news before we end the episode. Did you guys see the uh, photos of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn from the set of James Gunn's Suicide Squad? Movie? I did, and I've actually been posting live videos of uh, of uh, some of the uh, of what they've been shooting there. I saw it. Um, if you go to our, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at PC leftovers. And I've actually posted some videos of what they've been shooting. Um, I've and, seen a bit of that too. I kind of yeah. love the, uh, comic book new 52 look that James Gunn is doing for the movie. Did you see Idris Elba's character? Yes. I saw that as well. Who's he playing? Is it, is it vigilante or bronze tiger? Like that's I'm so the, bad with my DC characters yeah. that I, I don't, I, the wrong person to speculate on that. I don't know. Like <laughs> I heard that he's going to be a possibly a version of Vigilante, and I've also heard that he could be Bronze Tiger. I have no fucking clue who he's going to be. But Bronze Tiger wears a fucking doesn't Bronze Tiger wear a tiger mask? So like what I've seen from Idris Elba, he's not wearing a fucking tiger mask. Yeah, I mean, you never know though. He could still be that character, I guess, and they just want to make sure you know it's Idris Elba. Hold on, let me look at Bronze Tiger. No, he doesn't wear a tiger. Yeah, he wears a tiger mask. And so, not always, but it, but 
Sometimes he wears a tiger mask. Sometimes he looks more like uh, Craven the Hunter, with kind of like uh, just kind of like the furry a, soldiers. Like a yeah, like a dude's furries. What's up with those people? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I read know. an article where someone speculated that furries were created by uh, Disney's uh, Robin Hood movie. That and all <laughs> that all okay, so di- there were no furries and then the Disney Robin Hood movie with like the fox comes out and then people want to fuck animals all of a sudden. Yeah, people were horny for like the uh Maid Marian fox and the uh, Robin Hood fox and then so began the furries. Oh, wow. Subconsciously, you know. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. That takes all the blame away from Chippendale Rescue Rangers, so I don't know about that theory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, z- what was the, yeah, Gadget. You know you wanted to fuck Gadget, right? Yeah, who didn't? I do. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd let Gadget eat my fucking pink asshole. <laughs> Fucking do some Richard Gear action with Gadget. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to jack off Monterey Jack. All right, Gadget, you're going in the tube. <laughs> I wanted the zipper to pull down my zipper. <laughs> I think it's time to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Zipper with the assist. <laughs> oh man, Steve, what are you doing, man? Can people find you? Are you podcasting still, dude? Yeah, we're still doing it. Um, it's few and far between, but we've been doing more episodes lately than we have. Uh, we just put out a, a. I mean, it's a little late now, but it was an Oscar predictions. Like we all talked about what we th- who we thought was going to win and everything and that was yeah. like 2 weeks ago that that dropped so how'd you do how'd you do how were the predictions uh i would say pretty pretty solid uh across the board for i think everybody we uh, none of us had too many disagreements on who we thought would win what yeah um but when it when it came down to it we were all kind of uh taken back by it cuz we 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 know that there's always like a a, a just like a surprise win that sort of is like one that you don't expect. And this year for us, it was like the best director win was an unexpected, was the big unexpected one for us. Yeah. And, and other than that, I think, uh, I think we, we had a pretty solid, uh, run of, uh, run for the episode. I was super happy that Laura Dern won. Yeah. Her, she pissed me off so much in marriage story, but she was so damn good. She was fantastic in marriage story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was, but she was heartless. Oh, I know. I, well, she played a fucking lawyer. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. a lawyer for you. I mean, yeah. Well. Yeah. True. But on the but flip yeah, side, I, like look at the, look at the male lawyer in that movie. It was fucking Ray Liotta, and he was a scumbag <laughs> too. So uh, yeah. he's he's so good, <laughs> guys. I, I think him. I think with this episode, what we need to start is we need to start our own club, and we're going to be the the pink butthole boys. And we can fuck. <laughs> no, no, like, see, like, <laughs> we can meet in Chicago. It's a three hour drive south for me. Dude, seriously, seriously. You know, like, how fucking, like, uh, the Power Rangers, like, they all come in and they got, like, their Power Ranger shit and they're all, 
Like what do they what do they what do they do? What do they combine? What do they combine? Zords. Zords. <laughs> is that what they do? Is that what they do? Like do they have is it like a jewel or is it like a fucking sword or like what the fuck did they do? Uh, uh, you're asking the wrong person. Maybe the they, on the phone. Power Rangers. They, uh, I think if I, I fuck, I, I'm probably gonna fuck this up and piss off somebody that listens to this show. But I'm pretty sure it was. It wasn't it their vehicle, and they all their vehicles got put together to make one big like mega whatever. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do uh, Captain Planet, and they all have those different rings like Earth, Wind, Fire, Water, Heart. Instead of like, instead of like <laughs> all that shit. Instead of like all the environmental bullshit. That is never going to get fixed, and we're all going to die from like fucking global warming anyway. So like, let's not worry about that. That's all. That's going to happen. The polar ice caps are going to melt. We're all going to die. But instead of that, we'll be the pink butthole boys, and we'll fucking like, we'll like expose our buttholes to one another, and the, the, it'll be like this triangle of pink buttholes, and we'll be, and that'll be our, that'll be our power. I suppose. I don't know. Maybe that'll be our. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not into the name. I like the I like the idea, and I like the idea of getting together and showing each other our. I, I, what I don't like is the fact that, like, when we do it, like w- nothing will happen <laughs> because, like, in honest, in honest, like, like <laughs> because, like, with the with the Captain Planet, when they all do it, when they combine their different like rings, Earth, Wind, Water, Fire, and Heart, it creates Captain Planet. But like. Literally, like us exposing our buttholes and facing them towards each other, like nothing's gonna happen. It's just gonna be an awkward moment where we all kind of just like zip up our pants again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of create like a anything? butt triangle, right? Is that that's what we're gonna do? Yeah, but the, 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 really, there's nothing that happens after said butt triangle. We can have a nice dinner afterwards. Sure. <laughs> Let's go to Olive Garden. Do you want to go to Olive Garden? <laughs> they got never-ending pasta right now. We can do that. I'm in. Breadsticks are good too. I think we've earned it. Go right back to the bleaching clinic after that. Yeah, I think we, I think we've earned it after we've exposed our buttholes to one another. Like that'd be the. <laughs> like, might be right though. It might be a bit counterproductive. True. You guys just want to get breadsticks and pasta? How about that? That sounds good. Awesome. Yeah. At Olive Garden, we're all family. What if we did it at the table at the Olive Garden? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like they might ask us to leave. <laughs> Let's do it after we eat the pasta and breadsticks. That's true. Let's do it on the way out. Yeah, yes, yes. That's yeah. probably smart thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good foresight there. Good foresight. Foreskin, man. <laughs> Speaking of foreskin, I don't know, man. Jake, if you okay, if you had the choice, if you could go, like, I don't know if you're circumcised. I don't know, dude. I have no fucking clue. But like. Do you think that that should be somebody's choice? <laughs> okay, I I'm circumcised. Like, but I don't know if I'd want. Like they say, if you have it, it gives you like a whole. It's like sex is better with it. Like, do you want that back? Like, should you? Should like should I be angry that I don't have it? Mm, I don't know. I regret nothing. I'm I'm fine not having it. But you don't know, though. You don't yeah. know. That's true. It's true. <laughs> That's like it's like it's like it's like you've got a sword <laughs> and a sheath, and like they, you could. They took your sheath away. They took your sheath. You, without, you have no yeah, sheath. But it's also it's not like it doesn't. It, 
it's not like it feels in, in any way bad now. They say, but they say, how well, much better hold on. can it be feel? Well, fucking think about this, Jake. Think about like, okay, think about this. They talk about how all the nerve endings and that fucking bullshit and they just cut that shit off and they're like, it's gone. Like you don't need it. But like you came with it, like out of the box. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like buying a figure at the store and then just like opening it. And now it's like, now it lost value. That's the same, same thing with your dick. Like when they fucking cut that shit off, it's like now it's out of the box and it's got like lesser value. But they talk about like all these fucking different. <laughs> nerve endings and shit in there and it's supposed to enhance your sex and shit yeah it looks weird as fuck but on the flip side if everybody had one then it wouldn't be weird as fuck but okay so like i don't know though to me it logistically makes more sense that it would be more sensitive with a gone like it's like you know compared to like a banana it's gonna feel more sensitive rubbing the actual banana than rubbing the banana skin Dude, I don't, dude, I've, I've watched like documentaries. Like, did you watch the fucking Penn and Teller bullshit where they talked about this shit? You should watch no, I that. Did not. Yeah, they're talking about, they have interviews with people and they got that shit and they're talking about that and they're like, dude, this shit's fucking, you, you don't know what you're missing cause it's gone. You lost that shit years ago when it got fucking snipped. And so like, here's the thing. Oh fuck! Where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like being consulted about it would have been like more proper. Yeah, yeah. Give me a choice, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like you just you just decided for me, you know. You, this is how it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold on. The female orgasm lasts like three times as long as the male orgasm. Like, would this, and so it, and, uh, okay, yeah. How long does the male orgasm last? Here we go. <laughs> Let me find this out. By and large, the male orgasm will last five to ten seconds. Women will last ten to fifteen seconds on average. Although some have reported orgasms that last as long as a minute, a virtual impossibility for men. Why do you think men are chasing sex more than women? Because their orgasms last that much longer. Maybe if I had this fucking, you know, like Jake, you play like, uh, people play magic and Dungeons and Dragons where they acquire all these fucking like magical shit that they could use on these quests and shit. What if I had the magical ability of foreskin on my goddamn dick? Maybe I would enjoy sex a lot lo better and longer. Man, I can't imagine the orgasm process being that long. It's uh, listen to this. Blast Women for thirty seconds, dude. You you wouldn't want to orgasm for a minute. Give me, I'll take a fucking minute. That's why we're always chasing it. That's why we're always chasing sex. Five to ten seconds. Five to ten seconds, Jake. Five to ten seconds. Women last, they start off at ten seconds to fifteen and they can go a minute. Sixty, <laughs> maybe sixty seconds if you know what you're doing. <laughs> Why do you think men are always chasing sex? Because we get five to ten seconds. Five. Funk overload. That's a mess enough with five to ten seconds. I can't even imagine a minute. Dude, oh, God. A, a, seriously, a minute 
would be amazing. Oh my god. I would be I would be good for months. I would be if I would be like a sex camel. I would not need it for months. Just like a camel doesn't need water. <laughs> I would be good for months if I could have a minute orgasm. Are your balls the hump in this metaphor? Totally. <laughs> Make sure you're sitting down when you when you jerk off so you don't fall over. Steve, those those orgasm moments, they're fleeting. Am I right? Yeah. They're fleeting for men. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. It's, 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 oh, and then it's over. All the hormones have, are out of the body and you think, you know what I mean? You, you don't. <laughs> all right, it's definitely time to end the episode now. <laughs> Stop. Stop. I'm on to something, Jake. I am on to something here. Mm. I don't know. Do you think in, in like certain in cases for certain guys that it might the, the the added mass might add for a more impressive specimen? It might, d- dude. You're definitely cutting some inches off, right? Or uh, uh, so, you're cutting some length off, right? That's cheating, though. That's like measuring height when you're wearing high heels on. But the yeah. height, but. High heels are something that you, dude, but high heels are something that you add. Like, why the, this is like, this came, this is out of box. This came with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're altering. Yeah, yeah I hear you. I hear you. You're altering what nature gave you. You got no sheath. <laughs> you <laughs> you're stolen. a giant hypocrite. You're, da- you're down for altering your butthole, the butthole that nature gave you. Dude, out of the box, I guarantee you, out of the fucking box, your butthole is pink as fuck. You're just trying to get back there. You don't come out with a brown-ass butthole when you're a baby. That shit happens over... Dude, that shit happens over time. You aren't coming out with some fucking rank-ass, brown-ass butthole when you're a fucking fresh-ass baby, dude. Yeah, it's like when you make too many like cans of spaghetti in the Tupperware. Yeah, eventually <laughs> it stains. It stains. You're bringing no. What you're doing is you're bringing life back into it. You're you're rejuvenating. You're you're bringing that sparkle back to your butt. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You can you can see it shimmer. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. I, I, we might not be net back next week after this. I don't know. This is fucking the dumbest shit. Steve, thanks a lot. People can check you out on the Space Cowboy podcast, correct? Correct. There you go. Check Steve out on the Space Cowboy podcast. Steve, it's always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Yeah, man. It's always great to be here. I'm glad that I could oblige your invitation. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you back. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with episode 322. Don't forget, we will not be back the first week of March because we're going to be at C2E2. And I don't record. I'm going to take the fucking week off. So. Hells yeah, that's going to be a good time. It's our vacation. Our vacation. So, all right, guys, just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 322. See ya! Latest. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. 
You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap.